There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I felt intimidated in the workplace. I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I'm not out there to upset anybody. We have a finite amount of time. We really are meant to make a difference to other humans' lives. As far as cancer concerns, when you want property, so you can't get emergency accommodation, but I can't get into it. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion. With PJ Coogan. Good morning. How are you? Happy Bottle Tax Day. <laughs> Happy 1st of February. Happy St. Bridget's Day. And thank you, St. Bridget, for the lovely long weekend that lies ahead of us. But the one thing it's not. And we have this conversation every year. I've already had people wishing me happy first of spring. This No, that's next month, lads. But no, happy bottle tax day. Uh, it all starts this morning. I was coming in, actually, and I stopped off at a supermarket uh, that I will not name on this occasion uh, to get myself a bottle of water. <laughs> and there they were, standing inside the door of the supermarket, a couple of the staff that I would see quite frequently and wave to in the morning and they know me and I know them and kind of and they're standing in front of this great big machine with a screen on it and a hole in it and some buttons and lights and logos and <laughs> they're looking at it goes Well what do we do now? And I just passed them and I said, Now the fun starts and your man turns around and he goes, You don't know the half of it boy Oh, so it all starts from today. You'll be buying... Now, the old stuff that doesn't have the logo on it will be sold at the usual price until the end of May. But if you're going out this morning to buy a six-pack of Coca-Cola, you will pay 90 cents more for it. If you're going out this morning to buy a 12-pack of small bottles of water, you will pay 180 more for it. Keep the damn things... Keep them properly clean. Don't crush them. Don't smash them. Don't do nothing with them. And bring them back and you'll get your money back. But but you know yourself. Anyway, we can come back to it. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. The email, opinion at 96fm.ie. We don't yet have a formal identification. But it's pretty much accepted now that the body found or the skeletal remains found on the main Middleton to Whitegate Road in East Cork last Monday, that they are now 
uh, the remains of Kieran Quilligan, who is missing from Grunbroher. Since last September, he was 47. He disappeared without trace. Last seen gone up those steps there by the side of uh, the the cathedral. Uh, Paul Bourne joins me from Virgin Media News. We're told that there are some persons of interest now, Paul, and that arrests may follow soon. But as yet, we don't have that formal identification. Why is it taking so long? Good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Uh, why is it taking so long? Because it's a very, very uh, complicated case. Uh, remember, the remains found in East Cork on Monday were badly decomposed. They're there possibly since last September. Uh, we're now in February, so that was some considerable period of time before they were the body was discovered. So you can't just take it that this is such and such a person. There is extensive work has to be carried out. Um, dental records, DNA, um, you know, it, it's a very, very delicate matter. And the guards have to be 110% sure that this is such and such a person. And until they're satisfied that is is Mr. X, then they will not be releasing the identification of the person that was found in East Cork. As you said, it's it's um, more or less a given now that on, it is, unfortunately, um, the, the, the body was that of Mr. Uh, Quilligan, who went missing last September. But it could be today, tomorrow or Saturday before there will be actually a, a positive identification. All of the indicators, like you say, are pointing that way, including the discovery of some clothes, Paul. Yes, uh, the skeletal remains were found um, in a bag, I suppose, maybe describe it as a bag that you would often see outside houses where people might be carrying out uh, some work, you know, shrubbery or a little bit of demolition work. A skippo bag. But it was a heavy-duty canvas bag that the remains were found in, and it was also covered over. Um, Clothing on the remains were similar to those worn by Mr. Quilligan at the time he went missing. Um, so again, all of the clothing would have to be carefully examined and to, to verify that these were belonging to Mr. Quilligan. Mm-hmm. No, post-mortem was carried out. Uh, the, re- re- the results not being released for operational reasons. That That's that's fairly, fairly uh, guided procedure. But people of interest have been identified. That's right. We ran that story on Tuesday that uh, guards have identified a number of persons of interest. Um, I, I'll just take you back briefly to September when Mr. Quilligan went missing. He was last seen having left the Simon community on Anderson's Key, and CCTV tracked him all along the Sullivan's Key up to Proby's Key and going up the steps at St. Finbar's Place near St. Finbar's Cathedral. And that was the last positive sighting of Mr. Quilligan. Now, As part of the investigation, shortly after he was reported missing in and around the 4th of September, Gardy became extremely concerned for his welfare because his phone wasn't used. He hadn't been calling anyone. There was no um, movement on his bank account and he hadn't collected his social welfare. So... Like like a lot of us, we're creatures of habit, and guards then did automatically become concerned for his welfare. Uh, Super, Detective Superintendent uh, Michael Cummins in the series Crime Unit in Anglesey Street, he held a press conference at St Finbar's Place um, a couple of weeks after the disappearance. Mm. He appealed for information. But what was going on at the same time is that Gardaí were tracking 
hours and hours, I'm talking hundreds of hours of CCTV footage. Mm -hmm. You basically had detectives in a room watching hours of CCTV footage from across the city. And it's a painstaking exercise. Any lapse of concentration could miss vital clues. And you had these guards glued to screens looking for a car that they believed that Mr. Quilligan had been abducted and, and, and put into this particular <sighs> car. They eventually got a break when they found a car that was of interest to them. Uh, they traced the car, my understanding is, to Courtstone in Little Island, where they conducted a number of searches. They conducted a number of digs uh, in the area. It's thought that Mr. Quilligan may have been attacked and killed down in this area. Also a possibility, they're working out there, that maybe his body had been buried there at some stage before the, the body was eventually dumped in the undergrowth in um, mm-hmm. on the Cork to on the Middleton to Whitegate Road. So it was a painstaking exercise, but it proved to be uh, worthwhile because on Monday, the guards uh, with a cadaver dog moved in. But also, sorry, they have been carrying out quietly over the last number of months as well. They have been in and around the Rostellan area working on information and intelligence again that something happened in this area. And on Monday, they their, their hard work paid off when they found the skeletal remains in off the road um, just on the main Middleton to Whitegate Road. Okay, okay, thank you for all that detail, Paul, because it really does paint a picture of some dogged police work here. I remember the, the, the press conference that took place there by the steps and the That's mysterious right. element of it was he had been seen going up the steps, but he'd never seen That's coming right. out. And that was, that was where the mystery began. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they, they knew that something untoward had happened. Um, so they were extremely concerned for his welfare. Basically, this man vanished without trace. It's like I'm here at spot A and all of a sudden I'm gone. There was no trace whatsoever, no sighting. And uh, Mr. Quilligan would have been known around town um, to many, many people. Mm. And nobody was able to shed any light on his whereabouts. Um, Despite people talking to people in town, you know, have you anything to tell us? Have you anything that you can help us with? And just basically, it drew a blank. So guards, in fairness, they relied very, very much so on their, you know, their eyes and their ears. But the eyes, I suppose, on the CCTV work, uh, it really did pay dividends. And the intelligence that they had gathered as part of that investigation um, finally, I suppose, came to uh, an end on, on Monday when the remains were found. Mr. Quilligan's family Sorry, were actually Paul. notified immediately um, that uh, skeletal remains had been found as part of the investigation into Kieran's disappearance. Sorry to cut across you there, Paul. I, I, that's yeah. important. The family, the minute, the minute that, that they were found, the family were notified. What's fascinating mm-hmm. in all the detail here is Again, when a body is found and you hear the story breaking during the day or a skeleton is found, you hear a story breaking during the day, you sometimes think, oh, the, the, the famous man, walk, man out walking his dog. But, but this, was a, this was a targeted operation. This effectively was finding something that they had a fair idea was there. Yeah, as I said, like their intelligence 
um, led them to this particular area. They have been carrying out searches um, in the area. And as, as someone said, they've been carrying them out quietly and discreetly, um, you know, going through the woodlands. And then on Monday, they got this cadaver dog. Um, my understanding is that he was brought from the UK, uh, a dog, in fact, similar to the dog used in the investigation into the disappearance of Tina Satchwell. Mm-hmm. There was a cadaver dog used there as well in, in, in the search for her, her remains. And so this dog was brought in on Monday morning. And I think by lunchtime, the dog had... Um, proved his worth and uh, had located the remains. As soon as they were, the area was immediately sealed off. Uh, A team of forensic officers moved in, carried out detailed examinations. You had the assistant state pathologist, Dr. Margaret Bolster, was drafted in, uh, carried out a preliminary examination at the scene, and the remains then were removed to the mortuary at Cork University Hospital for a post-mortem on Tuesday morning. Again, remember now, Mr. Quilligan's family had been notified as soon as the remains were found in case, you know, that because there was a heavy flow of traffic passing, and obviously when there was guards floating around there, obviously people will uh, start making assumptions and making phone calls and members of the public might start putting photographs up on social media so again the guards contacted the family then on Tuesday morning in fact Mr. members of Mr Quilligan's family visited the site on Monday afternoon and uh, watched as the remains were uh, put into the hearse and taken to the Cork University Hospital post-mortem was carried out on Tuesday morning um, the results were made available to the guards that evening and for operational reasons mm-hmm. though the guards are not released the results of the post-mortem because that will all form part of an investigation. Some speculation, lastly, Paul, some speculation that arrests could be pending or even imminent over the next few days. Uh, I don't know. Um, Look, guards aren't obviously going to tell anybody that we're going to arrest people. Um, As I said, I reported on Tuesday that people have uh, interested in being identified and, and, and that's as far as okay. I know at the moment. Right. Um, but I'm sure look, the guards are, are working uh, around the clock on this investigation and hoping to, to bring it to a, a final conclusion. Alright, Paul, thank you very much Paul Bourne, Southern Correspondent of Virgin Media News, occasionally sits in this chair too from time to time. That is a fascinating and thank you Paul for that incredible detail of the dedicated police work that has gone on since last September in an effort to locate uh, Mr Quilligan and indeed to find out what happened to the man. Uh, thank you, Paul. We, we, we know we sometimes should sit, pause and just listen to how good our guards are when they, when they get onto something like this. They weren't letting this one go. They, they weren't letting a man disappear from view like that and not find him. Thanks, Paul. 0818 96 96 96. I see some tragedy on the roads again overnight. God, 2023 was a worse year on the roads for years and 2024 not starting anyway promising. Three people killed in a road crash overnight in Carlo. So I see this was between two places, one called Buses Cross, the other called Tinryland mean nothing to you nor me. They were on the N80 road. Two men and a woman, all believed to be in their 20s, were killed. Fourth person taken to hospital. Uh, Roads closed, etc., etc. But this appears to have been a single vehicle accident. 
Sad news indeed. 0818-9696-96. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. Pinks and Roosters. Corks 96FM. PJ, I work in a supermarket. You could add to what you said. If you check your receipt, it will say how much, if any, recycling charge you've paid. Sorry, you can't come on air. We're not allowed to discuss it. Well, I wouldn't expect you to, but thank you for that. If there's anybody working in supermarkets or retail who can come on air and help us with this, then we'd be delighted to talk to them. Over the next few days, I've got a fantastic piece in front of me that was in the Irish Independent last week. All the questions you could possibly think of about this new deposit return scheme, or as I'm calling it, bottle tax, that starts today. All right, I know, it's not really a tax, because you'll get it back. But there's a few things, it's, it's, it's not going to be smooth, and it's not going to be easy. And people are going to find this wrong with it. And that wrong with it. Like I said, I met two people this morning in the supermarket I visit regularly on my way to work. And they're standing there looking at this machine as if it's going to eat them. As if, and saying, like, the fun starts now. There's one thing, for example, if you go into Aldi and you bring all your bottles in, in the back of the car, and you feed them all into the machine, and you get your little voucher out, Here's a nice one. You can only spend that voucher in the shop where you got it. So you might be a regular shopper in Aldi Douglas, for example. You can't use that voucher in Aldi and Bellefahan. Or Super Value Grange. You can't use that voucher in any other Super Value except that one. You can only use the voucher in the shop where you got it. If your local machine or your local shop doesn't have a machine, you can take the bottles or cans to another shop with the machine, but you can only use the voucher in the shop where you got it. It's interesting, isn't it? A few more of those as we go through the morning on this bottle tax day. I'm being a devil. Stop. St. Bridget's Day. St. Bri- Shall we call her St. Bridget of the bottle tax? Shall we just for the fun of it? Be someone will give out. Someone will complain. Here I complain away. This she, she is. Is she now officially, ladies and gentlemen, to be known as Saint Bridget of the Bottle Tax? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. To far more serious matters, and there are lambs. It is lambing season, or lambing season is underway, and the lambs will be born, sort of. March time is when most lambs are born, which means that there are pregnant sheep all over the country right now being tended to by farmers in preparation for lambing season, which, you know, it arrives with spring. It's beautiful. See the little lambs being born in the sunny morning or sunny evening. It's, it's lovely. But what all the, also comes 
with lambing season is unfortunately dog attacks. And Dan O'Donoghue is a farmer in Knocknahoe, which is near Killarney in County Kerry. I know the area very well. And Dan had a terrible, terrible experience you had, Dan. One morning, about a week ago now, I think it was, uh, just you were, tell me what happened that morning. Morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Um, just when it was um, getting bright, I went back to the road where I had sheep and there was 10 sheep inside in the first field and there's a few of them scanned for, that were scanned the week before, carrying triplets. I found one of them slaughtered and the rest of them had managed to escape from the field, but one of them was, she jumped over wire and she was hanging by her back leg, a big heavy sheep, kind of a pet sheep. I, when I discovered that, I said I better go further where I had more sheep. I, they were back a small bit further, maybe the next field. There was, um, 12 more after being savaged. Oh, God. The woman's side and drains and streams and just an absolutely horrific sight. What a thing to come across. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. awful, Dan. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Awful, awful. Yeah. And is it true that even a beast that isn't injured in an attack like this, that if they're carrying yeah. lambs, they could lose them? Oh, it's highly, highly probable. I've been told by vets and like one vet describing how their temperature goes up, which is the same as, as trying to induce them to come in, that they're that that highly likely to abort. But I'm keeping a relatively close eye on them, but like, I can't even get near them at the moment too much because they're just terrified of any humans or, or anything going near them. They're, they're, they're very terrified the rest of them. I found another one in that was injured. Her neck is torn. But I brought her up to... She's inside in the shed and I'm injecting her on a, on a, on a daily basis. Like, And she's... I don't know what way she's like. She's her neck is twisted and just torn. Like she's, as, oh. I don't know what are her chances. Maybe fifty-fifty. Oh. Like oh, but, the poor yeah. animal, the poor beast. But the rest of them were killed. That I found were killed. Were killed. Like there was no. She was the only one that was left alive. The rest of them were savaged and 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 died. Do you know Dan who owned the dog or dogs or where the dog or dogs came from? I have no idea who owned the dogs. I really don't know. We're in an area here where there's, in the last I was 15 or 20 years, there's a lot of houses gone up there like so, but I really couldn't speculate. I don't know where the dogs came from. I have no idea. What we forget, those of us who don't keep livestock or have anything to do with livestock, it doesn't have to be a savage animal. It can be a family pet. Absolutely. And like if two dogs will go together, it's like every, that, there's a theory that every dog has a killing instinct in it, like, and the other thing is, of course, that night we had we had a power outage here from five o'clock till about eight. So, if there was dogs that maybe were normally kept in by the electric fence thing, I think that's worked off the mains. Like if that power was out for three hours, dogs could have escaped. That might be normally restrained. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just it's all speculation. I don't know, Pigeon. Yeah, your lambing season is destroyed. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, mm. possibly. A knee jerk and a defeatist attitude, but I'm predicting I'll be out of sheep in about two years' time because I would not go through that again. Mm. How many head have you? And I had 90, the low 90s, like I hadn't a lot of sheep, like, but didn't even the financial loss. But the, the way sheep are, oh my God, if the people that had them dogs could see what they did, they'd, 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 they'd yeah. be horrified themselves, I know for a fact. And they're beautiful, gentle creatures, and they're just. They're nervous at that best, like, but like that. When they go through that, like they're even the ones now, like they managed to burst open two gates with the height of terror. That, that the two gates were, that had been closed for since they went in there, like were were were, were burst open that morning. Well, trying to get away, they're they're trying to get away. Yeah. Oh, trying okay. to get away from the dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
We're coming into spring and we're coming into lambing season in around, usually it's around what, March, April, April? Yeah, around March, mainly around the side of the country, yeah. What, what advice would you give to, to dog owners? Say here in Cork oh, or wherever. God, all I could, all I could, it is advice, but I'd absolutely, I'd absolutely plead with him on my knees to try and restrain that dog, not just for March, but for any time of the year, like, you know, that it can continue. I think just common enough from what I've heard since, like, there's a, there's a number of sheep kills happening on a regular basis, like, but it's just, that's the only reason I highlighted it, but just to see what people see the carnage, like, and realize the carnage of what's happening. Like. You can't countenance how anyone would do it deliberately. Um, Not in a month of Sundays, no. I'm sure the people that have them dogs, love them dogs, they probably love animals. But, like, they're just, I watch it, just negligence and carelessness, like, they don't, they don't think, no one thinks their own dog will do it. We did that dog as an angel, like, until he gets out the, Get out maybe and meet another dog and the tube goes off and if a sheep runs to the natural instinct to go after her and the phone starts then. I spoke to another man a few years ago, Dan, who'd had a similar incident on his farm and he said people need to understand at this yeah. time of year there's something about dogs and sheep that at this time of the year even your most gentle old fool of a Jack Russell can be a holy terror in a field. Oh, absolutely. Like I say, every dog is, every dog is capable, I reckon, of it. Like, it's in their, it's in their DNA or somewhere. That they're capable of killing them. Like, like I say, when they meet up, then maybe one or two or three of them together, like they're often, that they, that's, that, um, oh my God, like, it's just frightening. This is even scenarios are frightening. I've been absolutely. And people out walking their dogs, and particularly when the evenings now get a bit brighter in a few weeks' time, people out walking their dogs, don't bring yeah. them anywhere near sheep. Don't bring them anywhere near a oh, farm. No, Right, no, no, or near sheep, not God, no, just, 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 um, like, you won't get into sheep to make a fortune, like, you'd, but if we have them always, we'll probably keep them, like, uh-huh. uh, it is more than, like, it is more than a financial exercise, to be honest about it, like. They become half a pit after they do. Like, I have a few of them there, no, even the one that was, that was, the said to the start there, that was hanging off the wire, she's a, she's a total pet, she'd walk up to the field and she'd eat her both hands, like, no yeah. problem with the world. Did she make it now? Yeah. She made that time great hope for her. Oh, good. Was, oh that's I, great. She wasn't damaged. Like she was only hanging up the wire oh. trying to escape. But. Lastly, Dan, you, you have reported this to the department and you have reported it to the guards, but you don't expect any comeback, do you? Oh, not a thing in the world. 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 I reported it. I, was, I didn't even... I wouldn't have a clue the procedure. Like, whatever I was told to report it, the, uh, as you said, to the guards and to the um, department. And in fairness, uh, the dog wardens contacted me and that actually... They're actually being there, so they'll be around checking on, on them, whatever they can do, I you know, like, but everything is a help just to try and keep the sheep safer in the future. Anyway, like, we'll be hoping for the next two months, every morning, you go back, you don't want to come across the same thing. No, you do not. Dan, I wish you no. well. I hope the rest of the season is good to you. Take care now. We hope so. We live in hope, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. You're, you're more than welcome. God, you could listen to that. Couldn't you listen to that accent all day long? That's uh, Dan O'Donoghue, farmer at Knocknahoe near Killarney, pleading on his knees with the owners of dogs to be very, very careful, particularly over the next few weeks as we head into lambing season. I am just doing a bit of dibblement, you know, with St. Bridget of the Bottle Tax. <laughs> Unless we call it St. Patrick of the Pint. Well, maybe, maybe you could. Thank you for that. PJ, when you get the voucher, you can go to the shop and ask them to give you money to the value instead, says Maeve. Yes, you can, Maeve. That's absolutely correct. You can. But are you going to do that for 30 cents? But you might. You might. But that's true. You can. Absolutely. On missing 
uh, the missing, the search indeed for um, for uh, Kieran Crilligan and the, the the identification of his body and Paul describing in incredible detail the work done by the guards to find the man uh, over the last few months. John says, well, it's their job to find missing people. It is. Roy Keane. <laughs> and welcome to the first. No, 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 no. I will not even countenance this. Today, my friends, I don't care what the nuns told you in school. I don't care what the Christian brothers told you in school. Today is not the first day of spring. The first of March is the first day of spring. If you want me to prove it to you, actually, no. If you don't believe me, go look up Alan O'Reilly on Carlo Weather. And he proved yesterday with a wonderful diagram how spring doesn't happen for yet another month. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Kate says Saint Bridget would approve. I'm not bottling up my feelings. No, I just thought it fitted with the day. Saint Bridget of the bottle tax. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We talked a lot yesterday about the GAA and Supervalue Parky Cueve, and that meeting is tonight when we expect it all to go through. Uh, Gareth will obviously have the follow-on from that tomorrow. But Gavin was on to say, could you please ask PJ to mention that the gallant Lock Rovers GA Club, I, I imagine Gavin may have some personal connection here, the gallant Lock Rovers GAA Club are recruiting new players and new members and all are welcome. Number to call 86 9187 87 if you'd like to join Lock Rovers. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. TheFurnitureCentre.ie. Corks 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Show Busy. On Courts 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 pm, where I'll have giveaways that will make you go like this. Thanks so, so much, and we love your show. Oh, thanks so much, girl. <laughs> and I follow you to our Instagram. <laughs> Plus, we'll have the chat. I say I have you tormented, but I listen to the show all day long. And I have more Oak Fire pizza vouchers up for grabs for the takeover. Join me weekdays from 4 pm. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me home. With Izzy Show. Yeah, so that new deposit return scheme, to give it its correct name, or bottle tax, uh, that kicks in this morning. And all over Ireland now, these machines are being woken up and they look like hungry beasts waiting to eat your plastic and eat your cans and give you back little vouchers in return. And you take those little vouchers up to the counter and you can get cash for them. But you can also spend the voucher, but you can only spend the voucher in that shop. And many more questions will be asked and answered over the course of the, the, the next while. This, this isn't some mad, crazy idea, by the way, that the Green Party came up with. It's probably the only mad, crazy idea that we can't blame on, on the Green Party. Um, it doesn't matter who's in government, because we're doing this under EU regulations. So we have to do it. Um, before 2029. Anyway, Bridie, Bridget, of course, for the day that's in it. Bridie, happy St. Bridget's Day or happy St. Bridie's Day. 
you're just back from Australia. They I'm do just this. Back from Australia. But Sunday. you can squash the bottles over there. You can squash them down to the pulp, but you must take the caps off and put the caps in as well. I see. I see. And take them back then, and make it, it makes more sense to squash them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, and you bring it into, and it's the same thing. You bring it to a machine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's crazy not being able to squash it like. Yeah, and you have to bring the label back, or the not the label, the 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 cap, the, the cap. The caps as well, yeah. Right, right. Do you get no, much maybe back? maybe you don't have to bring the caps back. I'm not positive of that, but you then put my son puts the caps in as well. Yeah, I sure can put the caps in as well to get rid of them, like. Of course, of course, and they're recyclable too, you see. Yeah. They are, of course. Okay. I didn't realise there was cans as well. Cans here as well now, yeah, um, and so you're not supposed to crush the can, you must leave the can perfect, you can't squash the can, and you I can't know, squash the bottles. That don't make sense at all, really, sure don't. Well, it, it, like, he can get loads into his container now that he has for the for them because he squashed the bottles. Yeah. And he don't have to be running... Back and forth so many times. And what does he do? Put a container in the back of the car or something? No, no. He have a, he have a big bucket bay, a bat, like we used to have long ago, out in his shed, <laughs> okay. out in his garage, and he throws them into that. I see, I see. And what kind of money do you get back off them then? I'm not sure because this is the first time now he's doing that they're Aye. doing oh, it there. It's new oh, so it's new in Australia too, and, and yeah. they can squash the bottles. They can squash. They're, they're supposed to squash the bottles. Oh, they're supposed. Oh, better again, Brighty. Yes, they're supposed did. to squash the bottles. Yeah. Once again, Which the other. It makes more sense. It makes an me. awful lot more sense. It makes a hell of a lot more sense. I mean, mm. I don't know. What, what part of Australia is he in? Perth. Or, I went over. Oh, I Western. went over. Yeah. All on my own. And there she won. You were what, Brady? Yeah. Huh, sorry, you were what? I'm 81. You're 81. And you went over, over to Perth on your own? Yeah, he sent me a ticket to go over. Ah, listen. I went from London to Perth direct. That's a long flight, hours, Brady. 17 hours. Oh, God. What you doing? I never minded it. I what you do for the 17 hours? Slept and watched videos. Good for you. Good, good for you. How long is he over there? He's over there in 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. yeah. And listen, PJ, you knew my brother very well. Did I? The jazzer. I got... Brady, go away. Yeah. You're having me on, me old pal, Kevin. You're... Not. I'm not having you on at all. And do you, do you know his son died there a bit ago? I did not know that. Thank you for telling it's me, Brady. I'm Sean. sorry to hear that. I'm sorry it to is, yeah. hear that. Oh, my goodness me. Oh well, listen. Sixty-two, like I know, and Ke- the jazzer himself was was a character and a half. Brady, oh, you're so a, he was great. You're a mighty woman. Thank you for that. Just okay. Yeah, okay, thank you for PJ. the call. Have a lovely St. Brady's Day. Um, Eighty-one years young and just back on her own, on her own from Perth in Australia, where you can crush the bottles and you can crush the cat. Of course, it's sensible. Now, for people who wonder who the hell was the jazzer Kelly. If you're into quizzes and quizzing and two grand minuting and all that, Jazza Kelly was a very, very dear friend of mine who was the greatest quiz master Cork ever produced. He was a lighting demon. And he was doing quizzes, ah, in pubs around town. And we loved the Jazza. And Jazza had a fan club. 
we would put a quiz team together and follow the jazzer from pub to pub. Half the reason being, he'd do the same quiz somewhere else on a Wednesday that he'd done on a Monday, and you'd win it that night. Sure, was the fun of it. Thanks, Brady. Oh, wonderful to hear from you. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We were talking last week and earlier this week too about Alcoholics Anonymous getting a surge in calls from women in the first fortnight of 2024, like four times as many calls as they got this time last year from women who were feeling they had a problem with their drinking and looking to turn to some kind of help. It's a massive surge. And we're talking about that and talking about drinking habits and, you know, how some people land themselves in trouble and some people don't. Came across something that I've never heard of before. I've never heard of smartrecovery.ie. Shane Fallon joins me. Shane, what is Smart Recovery? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Good morning, PJ. Um, So SMART stands for Self-Management and Recovery Training. So it's in the name, really. Um, So we view recovery and and, and addiction as one's own responsibility and of the choices that we've made. And we'd see it that if we can choose to be in addiction, we can also choose to recover from it. And so it's SMART is an evidence-based, it's it's an evidence-informed program that's been drawn up about 30 years ago in America. And it's it's it'll be different to the fellowships. Now, saying that, uh, PJ, a lot of our uh, members that will come to our meetings will go to fellowships as well a few days a week. They'll come to SMART for something different as well, but, but it is very different because it's um, based on scientific models of psychotherapy models like cognitive behavioural therapy, rational emotional behavioural therapy, and motivational interviewing. So in our meetings, we use tools that uh, instill change in people and get people to build and maintain their motivation, first of all, to stop using. So mm. when you when you decide I have a problem, and, and yes, that, that is the first step, as we all know, accepting that you have the problem, a lot of people still can't stop at that stage. So if they come in to us, we kind of have different tools that get the, the head thinking and will instill that change in them that mode, and we'll give them that motivation to make that step to stop. I, I, yeah, so, I, there's, there's, yeah, there's a thing. You, you say that, um, and your literature says that you differ from AA. You have a, a four-point plan. They have a 12-point yeah. plan. They also require you to immediately stop drinking. Do yeah. you? No, well, look. To, look, we 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 would see abstinence of from from your 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 problem as key, but we don't judge in the sense that if you come into if someone comes into us and they're still drinking or using, um, we're we're not here to judge. We're all human, and we'll still work with that person unless now they're they're obviously drunk or or out of it in some way, and they could be disruptive to the group. Then that is a problem. But generally, if people are still using, we we will talk to them about it, and it it, it kind of. It, it 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 opens it up a bit because like somebody could come into us and they could be they could come into us and they're still using and they could say right I'm going to try my best this week now, and they could get five days and two days before their next meeting they might slip and they'll come into us and they say I was doing so well, but I slipped. But then we might have a look at it and we might 
look around the situation. Why did you slip? What caused the slip? What was going on in the, the head that made you think, I, I can't not use right now? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And we'd, we'd, we'd break down that um, with, with the person and with the group in general. Mm. So we, 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 we everything we do is in the group rather than the individual themselves. Okay. And the okay. individual picks up from the group, if you get me. Do you know? Have you noticed, as AA say they have, have you noticed more women coming forward that are struggling? Um, well, and I, young women in well, particular? Look, I, yeah, well, I'd say anecdotally myself, yes, I have. Um, I, I, to see the, I haven't seen any actual uh, surveys or facts over as such, but I have myself anecdotally. Um, the, what, what I think I've noticed in the last year, and, and I think it's a lag from COVID, is a lot of women would drink, and even cocaine has become a lot of problem for mothers at home. Um, unfortunately, it seems to be single mothers, but, but I, I, I think... And this is again anecdotally. This is what I see. I, I think it is um, during COVID, people were locked down. They were on their own in the house. No one was seeing what was going on, and a habit develops. Mothers at home using coke. Yeah, I, 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 I yes, I, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, wow. that, 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 that has become prominent. Um, that has become prominent. That definitely would be up there now. Um, now, again, this is very anecdotal. Um, our meeting, for some reason, is a, we, we, we would have a, a, a few more females than males, so I might be just seeing a bit more of it. No, it's not every one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. But it is something, I, it is something I, I've seen, and, and I do believe, again, my own views on this, I do believe it, it, it might be a, throw, a throwback from the COVID times when they were at home on their own, um, nobody was looking. It was very easy to slip into a habit or an addictive pattern, and now we're all back to normality, and it's it's hard to shake. Do you yeah, know? Yeah. Again, that, well, the, that would be my own view. People, on, people on, on struggled that. because we know they did. People struggled mentally with isolation, and and they turned to substances. Oh, big, big, big time, hundred percent, big time. Like, and then you can see it across the board. It's not just women either. I'd say that 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 would have affected that that. Uh, isolation would have affected, you know, mm. but um, but no, but look, like PJ, like 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 you said. So we've we've two we've two meetings in uh, Cork at present. So we're in the Katrina Toomey Wellness Centre, which is on James Street. Which, if anyone doesn't know it, it's just west of the courthouse. Okay. Uh, there's a little alleyway west of the courthouse. We're there Tuesday nights and Friday nights at seven o'clock, and there's daily online meetings as well on SmartRecovery.ie. Okay. But um, but like it's. Do you charge? Uh, uh, no, it's it's a completely free meeting. Um, there, there's no charge, no donations, okay. no nothing. Uh, just on that, I'd like to just give a massive thanks to Katrina Toomey. Um, we became homeless there about a year ago due to a building we were in was being put up for sale, and Katrina was just came in straight away, took us on. We even opened a second night, and she's been absolutely fat. Like I, I've got to know her a bit over the last year, and I've never seen such a powerful hands-on woman as her. Incredible woman, isn't she? Isn't she? Just, amazing, amazing just two woman. things there. First of all, Shane, your own background in all of this. Yeah, so myself, um, up to about five years ago, I would have had a cocaine addiction um, for uh, upwards of 10 years and fairly chronic, um, very, very chronic in the end, to be honest. Um, I would have tried, and no, again, I'll say this with a caveat, um, look, we're not against the fellowships. Um, like I said, we work with, like, some of our peers will do both. Some of our peers will only do smart. It depends on the person. I know. I myself would have gone to fellowships um, for over that decade I was in and out every other year and I would have got two, three months clean and next of all, bang, I'm the head the head was all over the shop and I was back out there. No, that could have been me. I might I probably wasn't working the fellowship program 
the right way, if, if you get me, you know. But then I found Smart about five years ago, and it just changed my life. Um, I stopped using cocaine, and I've never looked back, to be no, honest. PJ from, Lastly, you know, I'm no facilitator now as well for the last four years, and coordinator for Cork for the last two years. Good man, smartrecovery.e. Just one last thing I want to pick up on. You said there very early in the conversation, you said that you talk about choices, and yeah. you said... If I'm quoting you correctly, if I'm not, you can you can you said it, you can choose to be addicted, so therefore you can choose to give it up. Is addiction well, well, is addiction not a disease, Shane? Um, An illness. Smart. The smart program wouldn't look at it as that, so we we view it as choices. No, there is there is um, there is different um, beliefs on this globally as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, so, like, we don't, we wouldn't really look at it as, uh, we don't look at the disease model. We'd see it as a choice, in a sense. No, if somebody's in the depths of addiction, it's very, very hard to see that choice, and we appreciate that. But over time, you can build and maintain the motivation for them to stop. And once they stop, they can develop the ability to have a choice. If, if you can understand me, yeah. And like, so, like, but the, the, the one pushback as, would be, Shane. Well, nobody, ch- <laughs> you didn't choose your addiction. No, well, like that. Well, that, well, that's the thing. See, but it's the same as: do you choose? Do you choose to to get up out of bed in the morning? Do you choose okay. to? Okay. Do, do you know, like, like everything we do in life is a choice. As to as as to quote Robocop, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do, do, do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? So, really? like, and um, that's the way we see. It. And we and we just try and train people to make the right choice. Okay. And we think it's important because. And just and just and just before you leave you go on, on this one, the, the choice thing is important, um, PJ, because look, we're all human, PJ. And if down the road somebody has a slip and somebody so somebody's a year clean, six months clean, whatever, and they have a slip down the road, um, all our peers know that we're we're a very welcoming group in the sense that we don't judge people that have a slip. We learn from it. So the, the, where the choice and life balance part comes in in a big way is if you did have a slip, say, so you're six, 12 months clean, you have a slip, it lasts for a day or so. In SMART, we teach people to, to try and pick themselves up even at that point. Okay. Um, there can be a, a general thing out there, in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, would we kind of, we encourage, and, and a lot of our peers will come back within a day or two of having a slip. Not all of them, but a lot of them will. And they'll pick themselves up and we learn from the slip okay. what happened, what went wrong there, how can we change it okay. that it doesn't happen again. Fairly. Well, it's something you know? It's something new. It's a new one on me. And we may, I've no doubt we'll talk again, Shane, now that we know one another because it's a whole new take on it. Smartrecovery.ie. Thanks very much, Shane Fallon. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie. Corks 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Yes, looking forward there to the weather prospects for St. Bridget's weekend. The long weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There doesn't seem to be much around by way of rain which is good to see it'll be back on Tuesday with a vengeance but not much around by way of rain for the long weekend and temperatures in or around maybe 10 to 13 degrees by day which is nice 
That's most acceptable. 0818969696, the number, the text to WhatsApp, 0833969696, and your email, opinion at 96fm.ie. few things coming in on the bottle tax, which kicks in this morning. I'm calling it that for fun. Stop coming at me with the text. Listen, it's a bit of fun. I'm having a bit of fun with it, right? But it does come in from today. Now, we have had a report of people already being charged extra for cans and bottles that do not have the symbol on them. The recycle, re- what? You can't do that. And any shopkeeper that is doing that can't do that. So something that doesn't have the deposit and return logo on it you can't attach the additional charge to that. And that stock, they have until the end of May to sell out that stock and they cannot charge extra for it. So if that's happening to you this morning, then then that's wrong. And we've already had one report and a photograph of a can. So I'll come back to that. But we got an email from Eva Kate. Aoife Kate is a makeup artist, well-known makeup artist across the city and uh, has been robbed and she sent us an email there overnight. She says, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to share with you a distressing incident from Sunday, January 29th. Between the hours of three and half eight, around Gronabraher, my car was broken into. And I'm reaching out not just to inform you of the situation, but also to highlight the broader impact on the community. I'm a makeup artist. My entire career revolves around my kit, a collection carefully curated over the span of 10 years. It's not just a set of tools and products. It represents my hours of work, dedication, and a significant financial investment. The products and equipment in that kit are crucial to my ability to provide quality service to my clients. The incident has left me devastated, deeply upset. Beyond the financial loss, there's an emotional toll. I'm sure you can understand the sentiment attached to the tools of my trade. To lose them in such a manner is very disheartening. Moreover, the recent rise in robberies in the city is a cause for concern. It's unfair to residents around the area. Like myself, we strive to contribute positively to our community. We deserve to feel safe and secure in our neighbourhoods. And it's unsettling to know that activities like this are on the rise, making it unsafe for residents and local business people. In light of what's happened to me, I've had to cancel several several client appointments scheduled for the month of February. Time, effort and money invested in building up my business and my kit can't be replaced overnight. This unexpected setback had a significant impact on my ability to fulfil my professional commitments. I kindly request your assistance and support in spreading awareness about the rise in robberies and break-ins and in advocating for increased patrols in the community and any other communities affected by these actions. Thank you for your understanding and support during this challenging time. I appreciate any advice or assistance you may offer in helping me navigate through the aftermath of this unfortunate incident. Kind regards, Aoife Kate, makeup artist. Aoife Kate, I did spot your Instagram post, and I know that you were in touch with Fergal overnight and this morning. Thank you for that email. Um, car robbed, Grana Braher, just her stuff taken, her kit, her products, everything taken. Sunday between three and half eight, guards investigating, but the cost of putting this together 
would mean she's off the road or out of business for a couple of weeks at least. Sad to hear that. And we do hear of a spate of these robberies. North side, south side, Balancholic. There have been a number of break-ins uh, in cars in Balancholic in the past week, we're told. Two cars broken into in the Maglin area. One had the window just driven in. And there's a video doing the rounds also of a, a, a robber, one presumes it's a robber, checking car doors around Cork. I've saw, I've seen that video. I'm not too sure where it comes from, but I did see it. Someone literally walking along a string of power cars to see if one of them will actually open. But in the Magdalene area, in, in Balancholic, some gouger just blew the window straight in. And uh, sorry to get that email from... From Aoife Kate, but she points out that there is a string of these robberies happening up and down the north side, out as far as Ballancolleg. I've heard of them happening around Douglas as well, so they are everything. Um, opportunist robberies, I suppose you'd call them. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Now, this um, deposit return scheme, which kicks in today, St. Bridget of the Bottle Tax kicks in today. 15 cents on every bottle up to 500 mil. So half, and cans. So half a dozen, a crate of a half a dozen cans of Coke going to cost you an extra 90 cents. 15 cents per can. And then you bring it back and you put the cans into the machine. Machine gives you a receipt with a voucher on it. And you can go and use it in that shop. Or you can get cash. You don't necessarily... you, you you can only use the voucher in the shop you get it, but you can also get cash back. I'm calling it the bottle tax. Some people are saying it's not a tax, it's just a deposit. Stephen, morning. Good morning there, Mr. Coogan. How are you? Mr. Coogan was my dad's name. I'm PJ. Morning, sir. Yeah, so I've spoken to you before and I'll always call you the first, your surname until you tell me. I Go ahead then, it's PJ. Stephen, <laughs> I, thank yeah. you. Well, it, well, I was actually just... Um, I went into Super Value yesterday. They were unsure about how it was really going to work. Yeah. They didn't actually... Some of them didn't know, was it all bottles, um, glass bottles, plastic bottles, or um, tins? They can't understand... They can't understand why you can't crush them because it's going to cause mayhem and people probably, once the machine gets full... And as the local guy says, we've got four pubs around here. We're the only one with a bottle bank or a tin. So they're going to bring it in. They could bring in several thousand tins. Yeah. What are we going to... So, and they're not going to want to spend the cash, you know, two or three euros for several hundred. They're just going to take the cash and go. Yeah. But, but they actually also felt that if there's... If the machines fill up, because they don't don't think they're very big, um, fill up quickly, there's going to be a lot more travelling to and from to get rid of tins and things like that. So if the super value doesn't have it in the local area, well, you're going to try the centre two miles down the road. And if if it's full, and they're just sort of, where's the real common sense in it? Everybody can understand the need to do it. Mm. But, like, I'm on uh, a lot of people I I know and in, in my area. Like, this month has been horrendous. If they brought this um, in last week, we wouldn't have bought any soup. We wouldn't have bought tin, tins of Coke. 
and we wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to buy because the extra mon- uh, amount of money, people say it's only fifteen cent. Mm. But if you're if you're buying, um, you know, lots of two and a half liter bottles, which is what we would normally buy, mm. and those go up, and you're buying six or maybe twelve at a go mm. because it's more effective. That is a lot more money, especially if you're on, a, you know, a pension. Yeah. You know, if you're on the the state pension, and I don't think they actually have really thought about the implications. Is it actually going to, uh, yes, we might recycle better, but I think in the end, in six months' time, people got fed up, and they'll just be bucking them into uh, going down, like I would go down to Bantry Waste. So in, it's, instead of actually going down there once a week or once a month, I have to uh, uh, drive to the shop, then go down to... Um, the the, the K- KWD yeah. to get rid of all my waste. Yeah. So I I'm now making two journeys when I used to make one. Yeah. And I think that's really really dopey. There's a, a, we, a point you made there about the, the machines getting full, and uh-huh. I don't know if you heard Bridie on the phone earlier on. She's she's yeah. just back from Australia, and she said they've brought that in in Australia now. But you can crush the can and you can crush the bottle, which means you get an awful lot more into. The machine. We've been specifically told you can't crush yeah. the can of the bottle. Well, you know, I think it's ludicrous because, to be honest, that's what I would do. Because if I crush the cans, I can get uh, you know several thousand if I had several thousand into the um, bottle bank. Yeah, you know, uh, in one go, and that's what everybody else that I can see does. They do crush them to a certain extent. Mm. But I do actually see see the bar. They go in and they'll fill, um, and they're doing it right. They're you know they're putting the white and the green and the, the red. Yeah. But those things are nearly full after they've been in. What is it going to? What's it going to be like when uh, several thousand tins of coke? Sir, you know if they're going to keep them, one storage for them is going to be a nuisance. You know until they get rid of them. So that means they're going to have to do more trips. Not to the bottle bank that is actually um, 20 metres away from them. Now, I did talk to the publicans a couple of weeks ago. There's some scheme going to come in for publicans to to allow them deal with the sheer volume of bottles and cans that they're going to have. I'm not 100% sure that I understand it. But for the ordinary punter going into their local supermarket to put the bottles in... Like, I'm thinking there now, I'd be passing a Tesco most mornings between seven yeah. and half past and is they have a machine and it'd be quite easy for me to go in and pop my bottles into the machine other than the fact it's it's time consuming but if that machine happens to be full i'm stuck with another bag of bottles going around town in my car yeah no no i i think that's what they haven't really thought of there uh, you know like it is from europe um but we you know, the farming community, and, and I don't think, if you look across Europe, and I don't think governments um, really think about um, um, farming communities and the distance and things that they're going to have to increase. Well, if they're increasing their petrol or their diesel or some of them do have electric cars using like that price is all going to be put on to the goods. Now, one question for you, Stephen. One one question that will come in, and I I have to ask it because it'll be asked of me and every time I mention this. Yeah. So, there's about 40 countries already doing this. 
and it seems to work fine for them. Why are we complaining when we're asked to do what the rest of the world is already doing? I think this is really built for um, towns. This scheme is built for towns. Mm. and everything. It is not built really for rural communities. Now, if they were sensible, like most people I know um, would put all their tins, their bottles, everything in and if they they don't have a service to lift, you know, they go down to the local recycling centre or the bottle bank. Mm. Like so, I, uh, yeah, I that, you I see, Stephen, that's throwing money away, mate. Because if they're throwing them into those bottle banks, they're not going to get the money back. Oh, I do absolutely. But that, my point for the um, for a country the likes of me, I'm in eight, eight or nine miles from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. There should be one in the uh, bottle bank or in the recycling centre so that I'm not making three different journeys. Fair point. If you understand what I'm saying. You know, understand. if it's down there, I, my waste goes in there, I get my receipt, I pay to take my wood, I pay my, get my receipt for paying for it. I do all of that. So why, why, why do I need to do an extra journey? And I will be taking the cash because sometimes I, I need it. <laughs> of course, of course. And you and you are many more like you. Stephen, thank you. Great call. Excellent call, in fact. Uh, there are inherent unfairnesses in this. Thanks, Stephen. 0818 96 96 I wonder if you're out in the country. What if there is no machine in your local shop because your local shop is too small and these local these machines are very, very expensive. You've got to go and drive more to get to the next machine and then the next machine might be full thank you Stephen um, well uh, <laughs> um, PJ it's 15 cents now only a matter of time it'll go up then it'll be for cardboard and for everything including milk bottles thank you for that that's the first or not the first time that's been said Tom, if this, in Blackpool, if this recycling scheme is being administered by Minister Ryan, no matter if it is at the beckon of the EU, I would fear for its future. A lot of cities and countries have bike rental schemes too, and look at the mess he made out of that. I don't know about the bike rental scheme being a mess. I think it seems to work okay. But I take your point, Tom. Thank you for that. A lot of people pushing back on spring. I'll get to that. It is not the first day of spring today. About the return deposit scheme, yes, you will get a voucher. You can use it against a purchase in that shop, says Jamie, but also you can bring it to the till and get the money back. There has to be a barcode on the bottles of cans, Pat. That's why you can't squash them. Yes, Pat, but they can do it in other places. Just a query for PJ. People are saying you can get cash rather than a voucher for returning your bottles but what are they going to do when they're trying to bring us into a cashless society, says Lisa. Well, there's a the thing, Lisa, to be fair now, the Minister for Finance has said that grocery shops and pharmacies and one or two other categories like that will never be allowed to go fully cashless if he has his way. Uh, thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses Over 45 years in business Thefurniturecentre.ie Quartz 96 FM 
FM. We'll come back to bottle taxes and bottle charges and these claims, which we are getting more than one now, claims that some shops have started charging extra for bottles and cans that do not have a logo for on them. That is not allowed. Bottles and cans that don't have the new logo on them and the logo's on the machine and you'll find the logo in the paper and you'll find the logo anywhere. If the bottle or the can does not have that logo on it, the shop cannot charge the extra charge for it. We're getting reports that that's happening this morning. We'll come back to it and also come back to the people who consistently try to argue against science and try to tell me that today is the first day of spring, which of course it isn't. 0818969696. Now there was a survey done by a group calling itself the Taxis for Ireland Coalition. Uh, they, the representatives from the hospitality and the tourism industries, and they met TDs and senators yesterday in Leinster House to push for measures which they say will improve the taxi situation, particularly, for example, here in Cork. I'm reading from today's examiner. The taxi app, Bolt, did a commission or they commissioned a report and they said that in Cork, well over half of requests for taxis between, say, midday Friday and Sunday morning Nobody shows up. They go unfulfilled. And 40% for taxi at off-peak time. Also, YouGov, um, the Taxis for Ireland Coalition, did research as well. And they said that they found that 39% of people are concerned about getting home safety safely due to the shortage of taxis. Nearly two out of three people said action should be taken to increase the number of taxis. Now... I talked to Bobby Lynch from the Taxi Federation in a little while, the Cork Taxi Federation in a little while, because they're not happy with this. But first, let me go to Senator Tim Lombard. Tim, were you you were part of this delegation that met Taxis for Ireland yesterday? Good morning to you. Good morning, yeah. Uh, PJ, I organised this meeting. Um, look, it became very obvious over the last maybe few years that there's a deficit of taxis and I would have met with several stakeholders about this issue and we put an alliance together, we put a group together and they were from the Hotel Federation, the vintners and from the industry itself and we met at three o'clock yesterday in Leinster House, we had a meeting with TDs and senators and ministerial staff and we had an hour of a briefing of what we believe are the deficits within the actual taxi issue at the moment. And as bad as it is in places like Cork City and Dublin, but the rural towns are totally decimated when it comes to a taxi service. It just doesn't exist. So uh, it, there was exceptional interest from the from the members of the Oireachtas mm. in this issue. And we just got a really good briefing of what they believe are the key issues that need to be addressed. And I've gone through some of the research there. Just the coalition consists of the Restaurants Association, the VFI, the Licensed Vintners Association... Uh, the travel industry, Bolt and Uber. Now, Bolt and Uber would both be apps on which one can find a taxi. I don't see the drivers represented in this group, Tim. Well, maybe the drivers weren't, but I think it was a piece of, a piece of research into deficit. But what about, what about the old adage in, in advocacy, nothing about us without us? Why weren't the drivers involved in this? I suppose the reason they weren't involved is because we're trying to move away from 
in many ways the kind of bias view and look i know by the hundreds of emails i got today that i've been a little bit of hot water with the taxi industry they don't like what i did yesterday well you organized a coalition tim without <laughs> them know I did. Man, without well, them like we have representatives from the industry two apps no no two you see an app this is the point tim and you know this an app is not a driver an app is a system by which one books a taxi an app is not a driver who went out, saved up, bought a car, maintains it, puts fuel in it, insures it, and all this. That you, you, you screwed up here, Tim, to be fair. Ah, I doubt it. The, the real issue here is, and I think the point I was trying to make was the deficit within the actual service is what I was trying to get across. Yeah. And I needed an industry that was, I needed a representative body that was actually going to show me what the actual deficit was. Mm-hmm. And by doing the research, like I, I know the deficit. I can't get a taxi or a king sale or even abandon any night beyond seven or eight o'clock at night because it just doesn't exist. And do you we know, know why? That our tourism, because there's several issues. The first one really is that uh, we don't have taxi drivers coming to the system because taxi drivers from twenty twenty four for twenty fourteen onwards, the liability of coming into it and starting up is huge. So from 2014 onwards, if you were to be a fresh applicant within the actual market itself, you need to buy a wheelchair accessible car, which could cost you up to 75,000 euros. But if you're in the system before 2014, you can just keep on flipping over whatever car you're driving. So we've seen that there's a 20% decrease in the actual taxi drivers since 2007 because people will not get into the industry, whether they're on the app or whether they're in a hacking, hackney or wherever they are. And the big issue here is that people, the population is growing by 16%. We're having a, obviously, there's a real demand for people to get home safely. And the problem is we don't have taxis at peak times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing, of course, is too, that it's no longer safe to be a taxi driver. And that would be that would be one of the issues that they spoke about. And we were spoken to them about how to make sure that, you know, taxi drivers are safe and the affordance of the technology that's there at the moment that if a taxi was parked for a period of time that would then send a, an alarm back to their systems that you know this man is not driving or this lady why, why isn't he or she on the road there's also on these apps that you have the opportunity to press a panic button if you have an issue with a driver and all this stuff but i think they are one section of it but the huge issue is the industry regarding the tourist industry there is no opportunity down west to get a taxi because it just doesn't exist. And that is killing our actual tourist industry itself. And that's I mean, like our tourist industry is our biggest indigenous industry. And because of the deficit in the actual taxi service, we can't get, you know, the real potential of that industry that we should be trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're Bridge, that's your base, isn't it, yeah. Tim? Yeah, man. If I wanted to get a... If I wanted to get a, a, a taxi home from a pub in Manan Bridge of a Saturday night, I'd have a struggle, would I? You'd never get a taxi home. You'd have to ring your mother. At, at 48 years of age, you have to get a 74-year-old lady out of bed. It's the only way to get home. And that's the system. And that's if I went to any of my local establishments, whether it's the old draft or out to Dunnock out and finders in, there's no opportunity ever of getting a taxi. Like, you could book it six months in advance and it just won't happen. Mm. Our nearest base would be Kinsale. Kinsale can't even get taxis. So whether they come to a small rural location like that, it just wouldn't happen. I did speak and before Christmas about this to someone, or was it might have been in early January, but certainly it was in the recent weeks, about Bandon, for example, where there isn't a prayer now 
of get, and there are companies, but you won't get a taxi after 6 p.m. I was speaking to a lady yesterday who lives in Clonakilty, and she taught me the only way that she can get a taxi home in Clon is to book a trip in advance on a Saturday night. Yeah. Like, this is people who want to socialise. We all did when we were a bit younger. But now again, do you see, Tim, it comes down to each taxi is a self-employed business person running their own business, and it's either too hazardous or not. It doesn't pay them to be out. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And it's also the regulation around it. So the geography-based exam is still in place. So in other words, if you're getting a taxi license in Cork, you must have a geography-based exam for the county of Cork. Could you imagine that? From Yall to Argroom. So on that exam, they'd be asking for their street name in Ballydehob or Yall, and you must know them. Crazy stuff. We have all phones with technology now that can exactly pull us where we want to go through air codes. They've never changed that exam. The exam is one thing that needs to be looked at. Second thing that needs to be looked at is the cost of entering the actual system itself. It's yeah. huge. From 2014 onwards, literally every license that's new coming to the system has to be uh, wheelchair accessible. The cost of that, I met a lady in Bantry last Monday. Taxi driver has the actual new service, has the exam passed after it, four time, everything. She went and priced it. It was 72 euros 72,000 was the cost. And you can't get a taxi in Bantry after 6 o'clock any day. Mm. And she just said, there's no way I can do this. So we need to reform the system. We need to bring people into it. We need to change how the actual licensing well, well, works. Well, your party is in government, Tim. Okay. So what will you bring back to the Minister for Transport here, who is your coalition partner? Very fair point, and I think that is a fair point. And I think yesterday was a really important start because we had literally across the board TDs. And let's be fair, it was a hostile enough meeting. Some Dublin TDs were totally opposed to this idea. Some TDs, some Wexford said they don't even have a taxi service in some locations. So you really do have a, a, a rural urban divide in this debate in so many locations. And you're dead right. We need to see a complete change in regulation. The NTA in particular need to move away from this issue that they have that there's enough taxis out there. There's been a decrease in 25% in taxis in the last, in, since 2007. Population has grown. And also how people operate have, have totally changed. Getting a taxi now is a normal thing. Well, maybe in 2007 it wasn't quite a deep mm. thing. Mm. You know? So this is, I think, as controversial, controversial as it is, I think it's a really, really important debate to get changed with the NTA regarding how people actually can get a license. Okay. And what I fundamentally believe, I believe there is an opportunity for people to work those shoulders. In other words, the Friday to Saturday, where there are gaps. Yeah. And I think that is the potential that's there for people. Okay. Lastly, do you, do you still think it was a good idea not to bring in the drivers? If you Me, were doing it again, would you bring them in? What I'd say is they were very well represented by some of the, uh, the representatives at the meeting who really did 
fight their caller. All right. Okay. Leave it there. Thank you very much, Senator Tim Lombard, who convened that meeting yesterday of Taxis for Ireland, which involved Restaurants Association, Tourist People, VFI, the Vintners Federation, LVA, which is another Vintners group, Bolt and Uber, which is two uh, apps. Now, Bobby Lynch, um, he was on one, guys. I think he's gone there. Just check. Bobby Lynch, uh, who spoke to me on the programme the other day about a colleague of his, taxi driver in Cork, who was picked up, or picked up two lads, outside the old Swan at Signet Bar and was subsequently uh, held at knife point out near the country square and had uh, a horrible experience. Uh, thankfully, he's okay, but very, very shook and he wouldn't be he wouldn't be the first and he won't be the last driver to be assaulted uh, around town. Uh, and I, when I saw the list of people who was going to be at this coalition meeting, so to speak, yesterday, I did look to see where are the taxi federations, where are the taxi groups? I'll talk to Bobby when we're having difficulty getting Bobby on the line, but I'll talk to him shortly. 0818-96-96-96. Right, so I went through the list of who was at that meeting yesterday, the meeting convened by, or earlier this week, convened by Senator Tim Lombard, and it was restaurants... Publicans, tourist people, and taxi app directors. Bobby Lynch, you're disappointed not to be Come there for your representatives. Good morning. The real guys, the real drivers, the guys on the front line weren't around that table. <laughs> PJ just said that chapter saying that drivers are well representative. Are re- representative. Uh, like, Jesus, uh, like, do we realize that? It's the government caused this problem, not the taxi driver. They made players non-transferable. We couldn't transfer them. No, no. Like, like, the, what's happening? There, people are dying in the industry, and their players are dying with them. People, when they retire, they can't pass their player on. They can't sell it on or whatever. That's that's where the shortage is coming in. And the app, the app companies, the app companies are causing the shortage. Because when in the busy peak times, when when the people are trying to get taxis, drivers are turning off the phone because there's walk in the streets. Because Freno and Uber and Bolt are taking a percentage off the drivers. We went through that with someone actually recently. I was quite shocked walk. at how much they take. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, how much they take? All oh, the hidden chair. No, it's a young girl and Bolt up representing, and your man says oh, the, the, the industry was well. Uh, looked after it wasn't it wasn't and it never is representatives of a NAP where there was no actual drivers around the table yeah Yeah. there's a lot of fellas out there that never drove a taxi and they are coming on saying oh they distributed and distributed if the Irish government listened and opened up transferability not we don't want the government selling plates every time they can hurry again we like I put in 30 40 years service into this industry when I retire, I should be allowed to pass my player on to someone and take my name off it. But no, the NTA have this industry destroyed. What we want is the NTA to get to leave the taxi industry alone, put someone else in charge of it. Because yeah. the NTA are doing a very bad job. You had and a situation, driver, Bobby, didn't you, where you had 
take your plate now, for example, and you're 40 years in the industry and if you wanted to retire tomorrow, you'd be entitled to. There was a time when you could put your plate up on the market and make a handy chunk of change out of it for yourself as a little pension. Those days are gone. Delgan, no, we we like we we don't want to be selling our plates for thousands and thousands again. We 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 don't want that. But what we want is a fair crack of the whip. When when I'm finished, uh, we said do I have to do 30, 40 years service? I should be allowed to pass my plate on to someone uh, in my family that, that so I can take my name off it. Mm. And they, they, what what they are telling us to do is go away. I make up a will that they have. We have to get the person, we have to sign it, and so with the person we're letting it there. I have to go away then and die before that person oh, gets my place. That's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's a complete joke. <laughs> now, when I sat in the advisory council, I said to him, how can I go up and tell a chap or a woman that uh, will you sign that there because uh, you, you, you're on the way out, you have cancer, you have this or whatever. Know, yeah. That's what they taught us to. No, no, it's very easy to solve all the, the six radius, the six mile radius that taxis had before, and the shortage down in King Salem, Bandon, and all them places was caused by the government, not by the taxi driver. They did away with the six mile radius. That meant that Cock now, and a lot of fellas like this Tim Lombard don't realise that Cock is now the biggest taxi meter area in the country. Right. And, and it meant that when we had the six mile radius, Carlson Bandon couldn't apply for hire in Cock City. But when they did away with the radius, Carlson Bantry, Castletown Bear can come up and walk the city. And the walkers up in the city in the weekends, and all them taxis are up here on the weekend. No, if Tim Lombard only talked to us, we could educate him and we could educate the people higher above him and sort out this industry. But there's people like Fino and Hubert and, uh, and all the rest from Bolt, they're, they're making money out of this industry and they don't cost them, it don't cost them one penny yeah. to provide the public with a service. I simply think, put, Bobby, I don't know if there was anyone sat around that table the other day and told me a story, like, or, or told them a story rather, like you told me uh, of the fellow who yeah. was picked up outside the, the, I, the swan. I, I, I tell you, my, my blood is boiling over this weird driver's Larry killed. What? Would we, aren't we very lucky when I talking today that that driver had not his truck cut? Well, I wonder would they be talking about it? They 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 borrow the thing. They oh, I can't get a taxi in the Saturday night. No wonder they can't when drivers are getting beat up, and the girls have their hands full. The girls are doing their best, but it's, it's our politicians want to nothing to help us. Mm. Want to attain? Want to attain? Would you blame the fella for not coming out on the Saturday night for what? All of our customers, ninety nine percent of them are brilliant. But let me tell you, there's a lot of fellas out there who rob you for a euro and our, 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 and our TDs and our local... I didn't hear from a lady from a council, yes. And Bobby, lastly, yeah, I, I, have another, I have another driver on the phone there, but as a driver of many years standing and a representative of drivers of many years standing, Bobby, am I, am, is it fair to say that you felt insulted by who was around that table the other day? And we we feel insulted when there was myself and three Dublin representatives put off the advisory council to be replaced by multiplayer owners and free now and the lights of Bolt 
right? And all they're on is for is to get their apps up and going. Yeah, all right. Bobby, leave it there. Thank you very much, Bobby. Oh, he's, he's a long time in the business, Bobby Lynch, and he knows the business inside out and backwards. And when I hear of things like sack taxis for him being set up without the likes of Bobby Lynch sitting around the table, I just I just don't get it. I just don't get why you why you would do that. Paul, morning. How are you? How are you doing, man? How did you feel that you and Bobby and the people like you, you weren't represented around that table? Yeah, well, the gas thing is that uh, one of the people that he had in was Uber. Mm. And all over the world, Uber's ethos is come in, set up, decimate the taxi business in the country that we enter and hire unregulated and unverified drivers. Now, they're not, I don't think they're allowed to do that here, Paul, to be fair. They're not, no, but they've only started using taxi drivers in the past 12 months because for the past 10 years, they've been bringing court actions yeah. to get the laws changed. They have to operate using existing licensed taxi drivers here. Yeah. We should be clear, clear about that. So they really are just a past, booking app here. Yeah, yeah, that's all they are. But they want to bring in unregulated drivers like they have all over the UK and in the US. So in London, they lost their license. It was taken away from them because of the amount of drivers being arrested. Nice. Okay. You know? But in general, the apps don't represent the drivers, do they, Paul? They don't, No. They have to bring in loads of work for certain drivers at certain times. That's beside the point. You know what I mean? But when you enter this industry, you have to do a geography uh, test now, which covers the whole of Cork. It's like doing your leaving cert. If you keep doing that test on the app every day, you will get to learn the, the... questions that are coming up and you will pass it after about six to eight weeks mm. it's a simple study test and then all it is is remembering the answers that from the questions that are coming up day in day out because it, they only have a, a pool of 600 questions it's a bit like the, a bit like the, 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 fa- the famous test the knowledge for the for the london black cabs that they, they still it. have to do it's that the they, as, it's the same as doing your theory test I know. come here what are you seeing at night paul or do you drive at night because bobby would tell you horror stories and we've spoken to the drivers being attacked at night are are, are they afraid to go out a lot of us that's i'm in this business now since 2009 i'm not in it as long as him but we all start doing nights I was attacked once uh, back in '09. Uh, I've never been attacked since. Uh, at the moment, I don't do nights. I haven't done nights in five years mm. because I. You, it was a it, it was a choice I had to make. I to do the nights at all days. Can't do both. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I I just out of a family choice I stopped doing them. I do. I start at five a.m. in the morning to five p.m. in the evening. You know, yeah. so I don't see any of that. Yeah. Now, getting back to what that councillor was saying about the price of taxis, seventy grand. Nah, he's talking through his ARSE. <laughs> now, he wouldn't be the first politician to do right, that. When you pass your SBSV license, you can only apply for and buy a wheelchair accessible license. That he is right on. Mm. But with the likes of Mobility Ireland and all that, you can buy a wheelchair accessible license or car up to about tor- a brand new one, about 35, 40 grand. Brand mm. spanking. You get a grant. But the problem with them cars is they're not suitable to this business because the hours the lads are doing, the miles the lads are doing, after four or five years, the back end of them is torn out. 
Yeah, the ashes fall out of the car. They're not built for it. Right. Yeah. What we what we what the, the industry needs is they stopped selling the licenses and as Bobby said, you can only will your license to somebody, so your life your license can only be transferred legally when you die. Which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, if a fella passes his test, what they should do is allow him to buy a, a saloon license, which is only in his name, and he can only will that. That would free up a lot of drivers that don't want to be hired and renting wheelchair-accessible licenses off fellas in Dublin, in Leash, for 300 and 350 euros a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's all very complex. And again, Paul, thank you. Again, the drivers weren't sitting around the table for this Taxis for Ireland meeting. The drivers weren't sitting around the table. The drivers weren't putting their points on the table. So what you had is an echo chamber of people listening to each other about what's wrong. But this is, I'm, 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 I'm a great believer. There's an old saying in advocacy, and as you know, I was involved and I suppose kind of still am involved in advocacy for the rights of adopted people to trace their backgrounds and we had a saying and indeed advocacy and disability services for disability for people like my boy there's a saying nothing about us without us and that meeting about taxis was held without the drivers and I think they're rightly enraged this morning Willie morning Peter would you agree with me there Nothing about us I without us, and you weren't around the table. I would totally agree with you, PJ. And, like, there are over 2,000 plates. I think it's 2,700 plates have been handed back to the NTA. Now, some, because the licence holder, sadly, has deceased. Others, because guys wanted to leave the industry. Has anybody gone and spoken to those people and asked them why they've left the industry, PJ? Why they've left the industry? Yeah. PJ... Since the inception of the National Transport Authority, they have never been driver-driven. They are consumer-driven. Consumer this, consumer that. Consumer safety. What about the safety of the driver? Mm -hmm. Who is looking after them? The National Transport Authority, PJ, will not come out and meet you. I'll give great credit to the old Commissioner for Taxi Regulation, George Deering, and Kathleen Doyle. I remember so them. I country and met I met Jerry, I interviewed Jerry, yeah. You did? And they were, I would say they were very, very important people to sit and chat with. They were willing to learn, they were willing to give their views, they were willing to take your views on board. That all changed when the NTA took over. It started PJ when they took away the two euro luggage shelves. They then imposed door decals that you have to have this. They didn't impose age restriction on the cows. Some cows were beautiful. They might have been 10 years old, but they were beautiful. Inside, you know. Mm. And everything they do, I can tell you something now for a fact, PJ. There's a taxi fair review this month, February. I will almost guarantee there will be a slight increase in the taxi fare, especially the night rate, to try and get drivers out there. No guy is going to lay his life on the line for 40 or 50 euro extra. I know I won't do it, and I know many more who won't do you're, it. You're a long time, you're a long time driving, Willie. Did you drive I nights? Am? I loved doing nights for 25, 30 years. Loved it. Yeah. Do you do them now? I, I, no, I don't know. I've seen the changes, and what I'm seeing is not good for the taxi industry itself. Yeah. What's coming out there on the street? Now again, 95% of customers are fine, they just want to go home. It's the other little minority that caused the problems for everybody else. Now they say 
there's a shortage. PJ, there is no shortage. If the National Transport Authority went back to even issuing hackney plates for the rural areas, they'd have plenty of cake out. Yeah. But they want to control. They want the master-servant relationship, PJ. They want to be the boss without the cost involved. God, Willie, you know, you mentioned hackney plates. I, I think back to my own days, back in the day of Chandra's and, and star cabs. Now, they're long since gone, but Jimmy, Jimmy and Brendan, and I'd be going home from work, and I'd book, I'd ring before I left home at night, and I'd ring star cabs, and I'd say, listen, I'll be outside such and such a place or whatever time. Jimmy or Brendan, they both know where I'm going. It was just, that's gone. You can't do that anymore. You can, PJ, and... What's worse again is, at the moment, you have to sit. If you apply for a PSV taxi driver's license, you're vetted by the Gardaí, and you have to sit in knowledge test. I don't mind that's, the vetting now. You need safe people driving cars. That's going to change. The NTA are now going to take over the licensing authority for your PSV driver's license. Not many taxi drivers out there know that. Now, when that happens, it's taking it away from the Gardaí. You can imagine the chaos there will be. Oh, Lord. Mickey the Mouse. Mickey the Mouse. And Conan the Crow can get a PSV. Right. Willie, it's a lot, there's a lot to take in from the drivers. Drivers are furious at this. Thank you, Willie. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Bobby. The drivers are livid at the organisation of this meeting by Tim Lombard of Taxis for Ireland, which involved the Restaurants Association the publicans, the tourist people, and two taxi apps. No drivers. No driver's group, no driver's body, no driver's representatives. And the drivers here this morning that are ringing the opinion line in response to this are saying nothing, nothing that is actually a real problem on the ground was discussed at that meeting. It's one we'll stick with. 0818-969696. Premier League Live is back on 96mm.ie this weekend with Trevor and the team. Saturday from midday, powered by Talk Sport. Three games for you live. Coverage of Everton against Spurs at 12.30. Newcastle versus Luton at 3. And then Sheffield United against Aston Villa at half past five. Plus everything else as it comes in from round the grounds. You won't miss a goal. Premier League Live Online, brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or at 96FM.ie. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. The Furniture Centre.ie. Cork's 96FM. The minds are Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Okay, can we settle this whole spring thing? And I love this because people get so engaged in it. People are on here every 1st of February saying first day of spring and ish toktanarig, all that old stuff because they learnt it in school from the nuns and the brothers and the priests and God knows other teachers too. They were teaching you Celtic folklore. So Celtic folklore dictates 1st of February. That's fine. Science is a little bit different. Science tells us that a, a season begins 
only in a month that has either an equinox or a solstice. All right? You know what the solstices are. There's one in December, there's one in June. There's an equinox in March and an equinox in September. An equinox is when the day and the night are exactly the same length. This year's equinox is in the weekend after St. Patrick's Day, which is in March. So therefore, because the equinox comes in March, it's called the vernal or the spring equinox. Because the equinox comes in March, the season comes in March. That's just meteorological science. But you won't convince people, will you? <laughs> and listen, if you want to cling to the belief that today is the first of spring, you, you do write that. You do just that. But then you're telling me that, you're trying to tell me then that it's autumn in August and that just falls on its arse every time. And you're trying to tell me that, uh, that, that, that it's, that, oh yeah, there's the thing. You're trying to tell me then that it's autumn or it's winter in November. But no, it's not because why do we have autumn internationals in the rugby? Oh, I've been having fun with that for years. Good morning. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp. 083 396 96 96. The email is opinion at 97.ie. Randomly, we got a message. Did anyone know about the couple who met in McCroom? You helped the lady to track him down a few weeks back. That came in from Orla. Yeah, Orla. We, we did find him. Um, but he wasn't quite as attached as we might have hoped and it's probably best left there do you know what I mean back to the bottle tax and we're calling today the day of St. Bridget of the bottle tax Um, a lot of people are complaining this morning that cans and bottles are going up in price and they don't have a sticker on them yet they don't have a barcode on them yet they don't have a recycling symbol or a deposit return symbol on them yet that's old stock that is not meant to increase in price today. That stock can be sold at the old price until the 31st of May. And do not pay an increased price on anything that doesn't have those markings on them because they shouldn't be charging you. John, good morning on the bottle tax. Good morning, PJ. I just wanted to make a, just a comment in relation to it. There was a couple of questions there that, that I um, haven't heard answered really over the, the great PR that's been put out over the last few weeks, how great this new system is. Um, basically, um, one is that um, they've said that, um, you know, the, a lot of the, like the smaller retailers have, have, which I was quite surprised that they haven't come out and protested a lot more. So, for example, we'll say, uh, you know, six bloody guns with six something. They gave an example. Yeah. That will automatically go up to nine something now. And he doesn't have a machine. So if you bring it back to one of the supermarkets, like Super Value or whatever, they get the money, not him. So, you know, that's that's very unfair to them. Super Value um, will all, will also give you cash if you want it. No, no. My point is, if you buy him in a local convenience store and you return them to Super Value, Super Value get the money because he mightn't have the machine because he can't afford to get this big expensive machine okay, in. Okay, right. Um, so they get the money, right? Uh, that's completely unfair. I know, listen, they can well speak for themselves and I'm surprised they haven't been out yeah. protesting. Um, but uh, also, um, I also find that, you know, that they, they can't come up with a better system that uh, you can do this at home. That that there's some way of doing it that you know you can you can you can pay the deposit, but you can put it out with your recycling bins. Um, I just want to know how much are the supermarkets getting out of this? They're not putting it in. They're not putting them in for the goodness of their health per bottle. How much? 
what percentage do they get? They get something per bottle, something per can, I know that. The, the machines yep. are very, very expensive. The smallest ones are starting about 18 grand and they're working up to, to, to far more than that. Yes. But they, there, is a, there is a commission, a small commission paid, I believe, to the supermarket or to the owner of, of every machine. Um, yes, and, and is it is it legislation? Or I, I, my understanding is this: this they've come up with this idea themselves, the retailers and the uh, the, the manufacturers. Is it actually a government legislation driven? Because they're pushing it as government legislation. It's driven by the EU. It's driven. I'm, re- I'm reading from the Irish Independent, who did a pretty good um, breakdown of this a week or two ago, and it's driven by the by the EU. Uh, uh, we must recycle a certain percentage. By next year and ninety percent by twenty twenty nine. So this is the way to do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I I still think that they could have brought in a system where you could do it at home instead of tracing all over the country, and also that the machines are only accessible during business hours. So, for example, if your local supermarket was closed, you can't recycle. How often will they empty the machines? Um, you know, could you be tracing around the whole country trying to get it? Um, trying to find somewhere yeah. just makes absolute no sense to me. That's that's basically I just wanted to make those. Yeah, and fair points. And just it's worth worthy of clarification, John, on the actual vouchers versus cash. So if you bring, and we're using Super Value, but many other places have them. If you bring a bag of bottles to Super Value or a bag of cans to Super Value and put them into Super Value's machine, you will get a voucher. That voucher can only be used in that particular Super Value store. However, you can go to customer service and get cash. Yes, and that's my understanding. But also, PJ, my my also um, my understanding also is that you could queue up at a till with a trolley full of bottles, and they'd have to take them from you there as well. <laughs> oh, <John. laughs> I think it'd be fairly. Oh, popular, John. Oh, don't draw that drama on. Although it might be fun, actually. John, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I'm suggesting John might be up to a bit of development there, but maybe he's right. I do not know. Maybe he's right. Kiara. Good morning. Lovely name. Uh, one morning, if you day. I'm sorry. Oh, you? <laughs> you you were living in Germany, where this scheme is already in place. Oh yes, it's been since uh, forever, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and I mean, it's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, so I was really surprised how Irish people are like kind of freaking out for this uh, for this uh, new uh, scheme. And I understand it's something new, but uh, it's nothing like you know they will not take money out of you. You just return your bottle. Uh, the machine should be capable of holding enough bottles. Uh, and I mean, at least in Germany, for example, the plastic bottles, they are crushed immediately after you pass through the scan. So it will occupy less space. So the machine uh, crushes the bottle. Uh, yes, at least in Germany, this is how it works. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they will make like a gigantic pallet of uh, crushed plastic to so okay. send it back to... I don't, don't know, know if that happens here, but that's that's actually a good idea because the the machine would hold an awful lot more. But I mean, but usually, like when the the, the machine is full, there is some alarm sounding, and then uh, like one of the people working the supermarket comes and uh, you know yeah. move away whatever is behind the machine and put something new. Yeah. Were you were you saying that in Germany there's another problem though that if I buy a bottle in a certain shop, I can only return it to that shop. Yes, because, uh, for example, Aldi in Germany doesn't sell any uh, um, glass bottle. Also, glass bottle, like beers, they have a, a deposit. Mm. And uh, 
But since Aldi is not selling this glass bottle, you cannot return to Aldi. So you have to go to another supermarket to return these glass bottles. I see. I for see. example. I see. This is like basically it's the main problem. Okay, everything can overcome. But yeah, it's a little bit annoying because then you have if you're planning to do shopping at Aldi, you cannot return all the bottles you have. You have to remove the glass ones and go to another supermarket another time to return gotcha. them. I got you. I got you. That's nice, Chiara. That's that. Thank you. Nice contribution because, well, I don't think that's going to apply here because we can't put glass into our machines. It's just, and that, that's important, it's just drink bottles. It's just drink cans. Milk cartons, for example, don't bother your milk cartons. Nothing else plastic. Those plastic Soup containers, no. Plastic ketchup bottles, no. Just plastic drinks, plastic can, or plastic drink bottles and drinks cans, like tins of peas, no. You can't put tins of peas in, or tins that used to have peas in them, if you know what I mean. No, just for beverages. Alex. Hi, how are you doing, PJ? How are you, sir? You see a problem here? I see a couple. Well, see, I get my shopping delivered. I have three children. The thought of bringing them to Tesco's or Centre or Super Value to drag them around to do my shopping. So we get it delivered. That now means I have to... And I also have a big recycling bin with three bags of recycling every week going out with it because mm-hmm. we're trying to be as green as possible. Mm-hmm. So that now means I have to drive to a shop I normally wouldn't be going to just to get my empties back or I lose out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's not going to affect. That's going to make our carbon footprint worse if people are having to drive more. Like, if I'm sending the money in the pet or the petrol or the diesel, is it worth me going to the shop? Yeah. And there's also one of my friends, um, one of the girls on work. She's from she's from Europe, and she says they have it in this. And all she remembers is the homeless going into people's bins looking for these bottles, these things, because people are being lazy. So uh, we, will we see an increase of dumpster diving in this country? Yeah, yeah. We're constantly being told, Alex, you know, people like you and me that are asking questions, oh, you soak it up, uh, The half the world is doing this and they seem to have no problem with it. But people can see issues here and they're entitled to discuss it, aren't they? I, well, I, discussion's always worthwhile. Like, it is a good way to go, but you have to think practicalities. Yeah. You know, and... As I said, I'm already... You're saying we've de-increased our recycling to 90%. Most of my... The only thing we don't recycle at the moment is nappies. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and food waste, which goes into the compost bin. And, and you make the point, a very good point. Like, it's, it's quite easy for me because five mornings of the week, I pass a supermarket that has one of these machines. So if I want to go in and buy my fruit and my water, clever boy goes to the can or to the machine feeds it on my bottles, get my voucher, and hey, presto, my fruit and water are free. So I'm kind of a win-win for me. But I live on a route like that that has a supermarket. Works for me. Mightn't work so well for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm got employed. We have a centre. They have this machine in. But I'm leaving work before they're open. Yeah. And I, I, get home, I get home at the time where they still are open, but I've straight into dinner and homeworks and everything. So my free time is until after they close. Yes. And the idea that you can't crush the stuff, I think that's bothering an awful lot of people yeah. too. Exactly. No, I'd agree with that too. Like, it is, does make sense that we should be recycling. Yeah. But you can't, we, as, as we said earlier, cities, this is a lot easier. You're yeah. on walking routes. You probably do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
you have maybe five supermarkets within a 20 minute walk yeah good point Good point. The facilities are not going to be there for a lot of people. Alex, thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Suzanne, we are very keen recyclers in our house, but I feel that because we use the bin and have always used the bin, we're being penalised. Now we have to add another layer of organisation with no extra effect on the environment. If you're using a card in Aldi or Lidl, they won't give you cash back. I can't see them giving cash out for vouchers, says Frank. Well, they'll have to. They'll have to, to be fair. They will. Um, now, will people go up and look for cash, look for 15 cents cash? I, I kind of hope they won't, but it's going to happen. It is definitely going to happen. There's lots of stuff coming in here. Uh, in Denmark, the supermarkets have four or five machines that deposit the returnables to huge skips on the other side of the wall. Your German caller was wondering why we're seemingly upset with the new system, saying in Germany they have it for years. It should be noted that they, nor the Danish, never had recycling bins like we did. Also, in hang on, in Denmark you put your you put your can or bottle into the machine. It's crushed and dumped in a ship behind a skip behind. That's a clever one, John. Thank you. Grow up. I grew up. Ah, here we go. I grew up in the 60s and 70s on a farm. The 1st of February was and always will be the first day of spring. February, March, April are spring. No one can change Mother Nature. Even the people who are getting thousands to try and change it, says Mary. And the Gaelic calendar has spring starting in February, says John. Well, Mary, no. No. Tradition. You can say what you want about tradition of the 1st of February. There's no science to back up the 1st of February. There's no science, John. It's the Gaelic calendar. It's folk. It's folklore. It might have been what Saint Bridget believed, but it's not true. Spring is the first of March, lads. Oh, I love this. I have it every time. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. Thefurnituresecentre. dot ie. ninety six FM. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. The 96FM Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a non-profit organisation, or if you're involved in a fundraising event, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email your event details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 96 This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. 96FM. Now, if you were listening earlier, you'll know that I read out an email from uh, Aoife. Aoife, your car was broken into up and grown on Sunday and all of your makeup gear was taken. Morning to you. Hi, how are you? Good, and I know you were very nervous about taking a call, so I really do appreciate it. What happened? Um, Basically, the car was parked up kind of where I rent up in Grand Broher. And literally, it was kind of like I got into the car the Sunday night and I noticed that the seat was adjusted and like kind of the glove department was closed and everything, whereas like I kind of keep it open. And things were kind of just a bit all over the place, but I kind of took no notice until... Monday morning, I opened the boot to see that the kit was completely gone then. Yeah. So, yeah. How much 
was taken? How much? How, what's the stuff worth? And is it hard to replace it? Like, it kind of it would be about over probably five thousand really worth of. God. So it's obviously so disheartening because you work so hard for them over the ten years and everything, and the effort and time that goes into it. And all your professional brushes and palettes and mirrors and all that, but of course, yeah, it fine. But they obviously had no interest in them. But yeah, you reported it to the guards. I, I assume there's CCTV. Would you think? In um, the area? That, I think there's like a few houses might have CCTV, but I don't think anything on our side would. I think they can just go from kind of like Con Shop or kind of Donatello's that area that they can look on CCTV around there. Yeah. So hopefully Hopefully. that would be a bit of a help. Hopefully, hopefully. You also said that since you're hearing, or since this happened to you, and you went on Instagram about it, you're hearing of lots of other robberies. Yeah, loads of robberies around kind of Glanmire and even in the kind of inner city as well. And there has been a few around Grawn as well too. Like those people kind of were just like, oh, we're going through the same thing. So it's just very disheartening, especially like, it's just gotten like the increase in crimes and everything around the place of robbery and that. I know. And like, Aoife, this isn't just a bit of gear. This is your livelihood. Will you lose a lot of business over it? Um, February, yeah. It's uh, I have a good few appointments now that I've had to cancel. And I'm hoping to even just build a skeleton kit by the end of February and just be back for March yeah. and not cancel anything for March. Now, everyone's very understanding and they're so good. And a lot of like kind of other makeup artists, they've taken on a few of my clients as well, which is so helpful because they would have been booked out yeah. as well. Like so, yeah, it's a busy, it's a busy industry. Yeah, very busy. Yeah. So you you get some skeleton kit back together again. Have the guards sort of given you any hope that you might find it, or is it? Realistically, with the amount of theft that's happening around the place with cars as well that are missing and everything, I kind of highly doubt it in a way. Um, but like in a way, I kind of do feel sorry for the guards just because like there's such a rise in theft and everything, and I feel like that they're kind of understaffed as well. But hopefully, like parole patrol would be kind of mm. heightened and everything, especially around that area and other areas that are affected. Yeah. If anybody came across your stuff is there like what does it look like it might be dumped or someone might just decide to to try and sell it um what what, anything distinctive that people could watch out for i think it's like it's kind of i really should put labels on it but basically it's like a black case it's a double zip black case and once you open it it's literally just flooded with makeup foundations everything in it and then the top half is the palettes and lashes and everything so it's just kind of, it is like, I feel like through a makeup artist, you'd know straight away with somebody's professional kit. Somebody else could just think it's just a bit of rubbish. Like, right. But is it, it like a big a gear lot. bag? Is this Aoife? Or? Um, no, it's kind of like, it looks like a briefcase, like a big laptop, massive laptop case. Oh, like. I see. A bit um, like a pilot's case. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quite thick, like, so, yeah, so hopefully. Is, like, it, I, is it on wheels or anything or does it have a... No, it's a big strap. Right. You can carry it really. But, um, what colour is it? Black. Right, okay. All right. And nothing so far. Nothing so far. Well, if anyone has come, like, what what you could have, you could have some fella who just grabbed it, 
thought he was after coming across a bag of money or something like that and yeah. opens it up. Oh, God, I can do nothing with this and just left it there. That's what you'd hope. Yeah, that's it. That's what I think. Because, like, realistically, though, kind of when you open it, there was like a 120 euro just at the edge of it. So I say they saw that and just was like, oh, I'll just grab this. And, like, okay. it could be a lot worth more. But I would have cared if they took any anything else really in the car. Just like the case was the case. one thing that, yeah. Yeah, all right. Have you shed a few tears? Oh, many. I say I've flooded the place early, but. But yeah, I need to, I'm dried out now, I need to stop crying. All right, well, you know, hopefully people in the industry as well around you who have some spare kit might help you get back. Oh, um, people have been, yeah, they've been so generous and kind on everything. So I'm very lucky and grateful that way. But yeah, just trying to kind of get back on my feet now with myself and that. So hopefully. Right. Okay, well, you'll let people know, I'm sure, uh, on your Instagram, uh, whenever you're back up and running and you can let you can let us know. And we'll let other people know too. All right. Aoife Kate Makeup. Thanks very much, Aoife. And uh, best of luck. We're we're hearing of loads and loads and loads of robberies of different kinds around the city and county. Her livelihood taken out of the back of the car in her um, her kit bag. 0818 96 96 96. John and Cove. When I was going to school, February 1st was the first day of spring. The teacher made sure to tell us. There were so many things have changed since that. Governments and currencies, the whole lot. PJ, can you not just accept that February's the first of spring and leave it at that? No, I won't, John. Ma- PJ, Martha says, PJ, I went out the door and they were the hyacinths blooming. How could it not be spring? That's weather, Hi- Martha. That's weather. That's not the season. That's weather. Weather has been unnaturally warm. There's my missus's daffodils. The queen bee's daffodils are starting to sprout the front garden. That does not make it spring, but thank you. And I hope you all realise I'm only having a laugh. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, the obsession with Love Island is something that I will never really understand, but I do appreciate that it's out there and that people are glued. Glued! Especially to the uh, the All-Stars season. Um, Orla, how are you? Hello. You're, you hey, you, you love this. You're clung to it, like glue. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, I am. I could be a bit of an expert, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, with all these all-stars, you, we, who was... Who there was someone else who was voted off last night, and, and it was a bit of a shock. Was it what? Who, who? Um, Tyler and Hannah. Tyler and Hannah went last night, yeah. So that was a decision by the Islanders. So the girls had to pick a boy, <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, boys had to pick a girl. So then there was a bit of a hullabaloo about who nearly got dumped and finding out who wanted who dumped. And oh, it's all drama. Yeah, yeah. Molly and Callum, do, do you, are you thinking this is a setup? There has been rumours. There has been rumours that they broke up roughly six months ago, around the same time that the All Stars was like rumoured or announced. And people think that. They've gone in now just to reconcile. So everyone's like, oh, my God, like, they're back together. How amazing. And then they'll win. Right. How long is left in this? I'm actually not sure. I think um, it'll be roughly six weeks, so maybe three, four more weeks. <laughs> are, you getting, <laughs> you know, are you getting any work done, like? <laughs> it's, 
it's only an hour and you know what I look forward to it every evening I know you it's do so, I know you it's do it's such easy watching they tell me that you take them off as well um, like we vote them off no that you impersonate them oh no 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 <laughs> no um, I mean there's a few distinctive voices in there and go on I don't know <laughs> well there's there's a girl called Sophie Sophie Piper and, uh, oh yeah, isn't isn't she? Wasn't her sister in the Saturdays? Yeah, Rochelle. So yeah. they're they're half sisters. Yeah. But basically, Sophie's voices. It's very like this, like Sophie, oh. like I'm seeing and at you. I'm going to and sleep like, listening to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's so good. Like there's such characters in there, and the accents are just. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like it. They're so. Who's your one deliver Pudley, and she was way back in the very first season, Hannah. Hannah. Now, yeah, I can't. I'm unfortunately, as much as I love Liverpool, I cannot do a Liverpool accent. <laughs> it escapes me. But hers is fantastic. It's the most Liverpoolian Liverpool, it's and she was so Liverpool. One second. One second. Ireland's deposit. Ret- I beg your pardon. I lost you there for oh, a second. Okay. Orla, you were saying she's a Liverpool. Yeah, she's a pure classic Liverpoolian, bit like oh, Lily, Lily Savage. She's, like, yeah. Oh my God, she's amazing. The hair, the makeup, the attitude, everything's just so perfectly Liverpool. You know. For, uh, for, is is Sophie still in there so you can keep focusing on her? Like, <laughs> so I can keep practicing. <laughs> yeah, she she's still in there. Um, she's yeah. She she might be. So the boy she's coupled up with might be moving on from her soon, according to some chats that have been going on as well. Yeah. Was there some row as well where someone said, you have my ex and my next? <laughs> Catfight beckoning yeah. here. <laughs> That's about um, Alan and Molly, basically. So Callum and Molly went in and there was kind of a will they won't they get back together situation. And then one of the other girls, Georgia, has coupled up with Callum. And so that's fine. Molly kind of found it a little bit hard, but she got over it. Obviously, they're broken up, yada, yada, yada. And then a new boy came in who had interest in Molly. But Georgia has a past with this boy and has been talking to him as well. So Molly's essentially like, okay, yeah, take my ex, my next, take whatever you want. I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick with the rugby. I'm only messing. It goes on for another couple of weeks. Do you know what? If Sophie wins, if Sophie wins, you're 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 made for life. (laughs) Go on, enjoy enjoy the rest of it. As I said, I will never ever understand Love Island, but this particular one, people are obsessed with it. This All Stars one. But there's a thing now. There's a prediction from Orla, who reckons that Molly and Callum might be a setup. Are they a setup? Like, do we do setups in reality TV? Do we, eh? Eh? Join the conversation. This is the opinion line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie. Corks 96 FM. Hey, PJ. Dark, dreary November was the Holy Souls month, and all that is most definitely winter, so neither you nor Alan O'Reilly will convince me otherwise. February is fabulously and most definitely spring. You won't read this out, 
We love you, but you're wrong on this one, my friend. Well, anyone who ever says you won't read this out, of course I'm going to read it out. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. November is autumn. Tell me why, then, if it's not, they have autumn internationals in the rugby. Speaking of the rugby, I'm all geared up for this weekend. I have to actually, believe it or not, I have to actually ring my daughter at 10 to 8 tomorrow night because where she is in the world at the moment, she's going to get up at 3 a.m. to watch Ireland and France and we're probably going to FaceTime during it just for the crack but I'm so obsessed with it starting tomorrow it's going to be great it's going to be absolutely great but for Cullum for Cullum it's a bigger thing Cullum Cronin is the presenter of the Irish NFL show podcast and he is headed off to the 56th or 58th annual Super Bowl that doesn't happen until next week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. It's a week and a half away. Cullum, you're buzzing even before you get on the plane to the damn thing. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible. I, I'm over the moon to the fact that we got accredited again to, to go. You never know. You know, it's it's like uh, I saw t- stepping up to to take a penalty or or, or to take a, a kick, um, and and you don't know if it, if it's going to go in. And I was absolutely delighted to get the email uh, to say that we were going. I, I'm really excited, and I think we probably have uh, you know two the two best teams in the the Super Bowl. So there's the game, there's the razzmatazz, and there's everything else alongside it. Like this is not something this, you can just rock up at the turnstile and buy a ticket. This this is sold out almost year on year, isn't it? It, it is. And tickets on the secondary market, so they allow secondary selling in America, and you will see tickets. The cheapest ticket uh, you're going to see probably at, at the moment will be around three and a half, four thousand, and that'll only that'll only go up as the week goes on, PJ. Holy moly! Holy moly! So you're there covering the game on behalf of the Irish NFL podcast. How did you get into all this in the first place? Miles Dungan has an awful lot to answer for. Because he lived in the in the States. So when I was growing up uh, in Fermoy, on Monday nights, PJ, they used to show Syria football, loved watching Napoli and Maradona, but they also used to show the NFL. And what was interesting in those times, it wasn't the game from the, the day before on the Sunday. It was from eight days prior. That's how <laughs> the highlights, it's a very different world now. But Miles Dungan used to present the show on RTE. I watched this game and I just, I was transfixed. There was a team that used to play the the jerseys of the time were the Royal Blue and Neon Orange and they had a number seven and he just seemed to be here, there and everywhere. That was John Elway of the Denver Broncos. I fell in love with the the Broncos and the sport and I've been a fan ever since. And it's been a journey because it was on TV, then it wasn't on TV. I didn't, I was in school and in college, I didn't have Sky Sports to watch it. Um, had to keep up with it in the newspapers. And of course now, thanks to social media and our phones and streaming, I can watch every game and, and, and every play. I can hear the fascination in your voice even as we talk. Like you you were probably the only or one of a handful of fans in from I, if there was even a handful. 
Yeah, I don't think there was a handful, obviously, from my from a huge sporting town. Uh, soccer, very popular. Uh, Ga, very popular. I went to uh, St. Coleman's College, huge hurling school, hearty cups, massive success at the time I was there when Neil Ronan uh, was, was cleaning up hearty and then All-Ireland uh, schools medals. But I, I wanted to talk about... Uh, John Elway about um, the the Green Bay Packers and about how the uh, offensive line of the Denver Broncos was going to get on against the pass rush of the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. And the lads are all looking at you going, what are you talking about? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Uh, it's, it's funny that there's such a community now but yeah back then I'd be like, you know, coming in all excited about the score that had happened and people would be like, what do you mean the score was like 23 to 12? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've, I've said this before. I've, I've loads of colleagues over the years who, who love NFL and who would, some, some of them would book a Monday off after the Super Bowl circus. So they up late to watch it right through. Now, I'd be mad into the rugby. I can't wait for the start of the Six Nations this weekend. I can't make head nor tail of American football. <laughs> It, I, I, there's there's lots of people. You're not alone. You are absolutely not alone. And I think people ex- think maybe just because you know you're into one, you, you'll completely understand. The rules are very different. The way the way I would describe American football, PJ, is it's essentially chess meets demolition derby um, because there is such a strategy involved. See, the reset, because people think it's it stop-start, and it is to, a, it, to an extent, yeah. though it's definitely, I think, quicker than people expect. But every play, you are facing off it. Uh, against an opponent and you have to do your job and if one person one of the 11 fails to do their job the entire house of cards can come crumbling down very very quickly that's one thing i have gotten from watching what little bit i have it is set piece after set piece after set piece Yes, and you ha- you're you're going up. You're looking for weaknesses, and you're looking to exploit uh, your opponent's vulnerabilities. And there's a reaction to the plan, and then there'll be a reaction to that. So that's what I mean by chess. They're constantly going yeah. up against one another and looking to see maybe this will work. And okay, that, there seems to be weakness there, but we won't exploit that until the second half because we don't want them to realise what have we're doing. You. I have you. It's a bit like in, in, in rugby, they say the fellows with the great rugby brains, they, they say very little on the pitch, but when they go in at half time, they've seen something that nobody else has seen. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think there there are plenty of uh, Peter Romanis in the uh, in the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. They're actually the people, the players, they are like they're as big as Formula One stars, aren't they, in terms of in terms of their stardom and their earnings for God's sake. Yeah, I, what's really fascinating, PJ, is the fact that there are certain players, like the superstars, the quarterbacks. And as a result, I suppose, if you don't know the, the sport, or you're not that familiar with it, you think everybody is earning. Like the Patrick Mahomes earns 50 million a year just from playing football. And there's all the endorsements on top of that. But there are guys on the, the team with Patrick Mahomes who, and I say only, I recognize it, but these guys have very short careers. The vet min- minimum, so they, they'll be earning 
probably in the region of 180,000. Now, 180,000 versus 50 million, both of those guys go out there. And the NFL, the, the, the joke, but there's a lot of truth in jokes, is NFL stands for not for long. Because for a lot of these guys outside of the superstars, they tend to play in the league two, three, maybe four years. Yeah, they must, by the end of it all, be physically broken. Many of them are, and we've seen some interesting things in the past few years. So college athletes were not allowed to earn at all. I mean, it was crazy, multi-billion dollar industry. The guys weren't allowed to earn. That has changed in recent times. And what we've seen a little bit, not, um, and I wonder if it'll become more common, we've seen players begin to retire a little bit earlier. Mm. So guys who you, who, you know, you would have seen a lot of guys play until they were 35, 36 if they could. But now Andrew Luck was a, an incredible quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, but ultimately injury forced him into retirement. Luke Keekley was a, an amazing linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. He was retired before the, the age of 30. And I wouldn't be surprised, PJ, if because guys are now coming into the league having earned a little bit of money in college, they were able to decide, OK, I'm going to play this sport, this you know very violent sport for five, six, maybe seven years. And then I'm going to I'm going to walk away and I'm going to look after my body. We know there's a concussion problem in rugby, a serious concussion problem. In rugby. Is there a concussion problem in American football? Yes, absolutely. there is. Um, but I suppose it was it was worse than it is now. Yeah. So for a long time, it was completely ignored and the people were trying to highlight it. Um, finally, there was action taken and there was a, a huge lawsuit that the, the NFL ultimately settled and there have been steps taken. So there is an independent spotter now right. who, um, because previously it was up to the teams themselves. And, you know, a lot of times teams and players, they don't want to bring a guy out. So they have brought in an independent spotter. I will say, I still don't think it's perfect. It, it is. And when we talk about concussions, I think people need to realize, like you're talking about your brain being rattled around. Concussion is a kind of a nice, soft word for a, your brain, it's brain trauma rattled around your head. Exactly, exactly, PJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the collisions are enormous and you can't imagine what it must be like to get stuck in the middle of it. All. Talk to me, Colm, about the, you're off on Sunday for not just a game, a week of it in Vegas, party central for the whole <laughs> wide world. Yeah, and, and nobody does parties quite like the, the NFL. It, it should be spectacular. So the week leading up to it, they do they do razzmatazz unlike anybody else. And in fairness, they do access to players unlike oh, anybody really? else. Yeah, so players have to speak to the media. So it'll all kick off on Monday night uh, at the, the stadium. So it is an absolute hive of activity. It's incredible. The buzz yeah. there will be phenomenal. The, the advertising, it's the mo is it the most expensive ad in American television? the halftime ads at the Super Bowl. Is that the case? That is the, the case. And and it, it's difficult, PJ, to, to describe just how dominant it is as a, um, as a force. So there was, I saw a report that came out and it said that the NFL of the 100 most watched programs in America last year, 93 of them were NFL 
at games. It's truly incredible. And so, yes, uh, they they reckon um, that the 30-second commercial uh, will cost you in the region of about uh, 8 to 10 million for that for that the slot. 30 seconds. And the, 30 seconds, 10 million. But the ha- the halftime act doesn't get paid. It is truly maybe artists, understandably, uh, joke a lot that, you know, you can't play for exposure because you can die of exposure. Well, when it comes to the Super Bowl, you don't get paid, but you certainly get all eyes on you. You and do, you been- do. Who is playing the halftime this year? This year, it is Usher. And the Usher? interesting thing Usher, yeah, that, that it, tend, it tends to be maybe not the the flavor of of the month. It tends. I was going to say that. I mean, I would have said Usher was a bit past sell by. That te- that tends to be it. But you see, you're dealing with, I suppose, an audience that are a little bit older, yeah. that like a little bit of nostalgia, and it's a way to kind of re uh, reignite a, a career. So we've seen over the last couple of years, like uh, a couple of years ago in. Uh, LA, it was Snoop, it was Eminem, it was Mary J. Blige, and they brought a whole host of characters out with them. Rihanna last year did the entire thing herself, then announced afterwards she was pregnant. So everyone is wondering what Usher is going to to do this year. But this year, BJ, you have the added uh, piece in that. uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, their tight end, Travis Kelsey, one of the best players in the game. Well, he he just happens to be dating Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know that. And that's why I was thinking, that's why I was thinking she could turn up. Could she turn up and do a tune like... I I would say she'll she. It's an interesting one. She is due to be in Tokyo the night before the game, and so people have been working out how exactly you know will she be able to make it back in time. I imagine a private jet will see I her th- back th- there. I think that yet? Yeah. Uh, she wouldn't <laughs> be looking for 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 Ryanair and to get her back there fast. You know? Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I wouldn't imagine so. It's it's a it's a mega party. It's a mega. You think um, that there's a, a market? for more American football in Ireland. And you, you think, Colm, I'm mad in thinking this, you think Parky Cueve would make a great venue? I, I do. I think that there absolutely is a market. You can see it, the growth in the, the game here since I, because I've grown up, I've been, uh, you know, growing in this for over 30 years. I've seen it myself, the way in which the sport, the interest levels in the sport, and also the appetite for the NFL. Unlike the, the Premier League and maybe some other sports where they just play fl- friendlies overseas, the NFL plays regular season games and it has done for years now in London, in Germany, in Mexico. And now they're going to add Spain and Brazil into that mix and their own. it's only going to grow from there. I'm con- convinced Ireland will get a game. Well, we've had and games in Croke Park and, and in the Aviva, have, haven't we? We had we have had we've had an NFL game in Croke Park in '97. Now that was a preseason game, and we have had college games, huge college games, and we continue to do that, and that's been super successful. And the word is spreading around about that, um, the you know about how good um, Ireland is at hosting these events. But in Germany, it hasn't just been in Munich. The games are in Frankfurt as well, and so to me, I see no reason why. 
yeah, Dublin, absolutely incredible place to host a game. But I don't see any reason why other cities couldn't ho- host a game and do just a, as good a job. I mean, I, I grew up, my sisters uh, were telling me about going to see Michael Jackson in Parky Queen. I don't see why we can't have an NFL game there. Yeah, yeah. Your enthusiasm, Colm, is infectious. Who's going to win? Oh, it, it, it's going to be an amazing um, spectacle. As I said, I think you've got two great teams going up against one another. But, PJ, generally the the best quarterback is generally what you go by. And in Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs have a player who is on the the trajectory to be potentially the greatest QB the game has ever seen. Uh, you, you never know what might happen. I mean, Tiger looked like for a long time he was going to be Nicholas's record. So there's no guarantee that uh, Patrick Mahomes gets there. But you'd, I would have to, I, I couldn't back against him. This year, the Chiefs looked awful at times. Um, his receivers were terrible. He got frustrated. But through it all, they have found a way. They have a great defense. And in Patrick Mahomes, they have uh, a guy who can take you. Uh, even in, when the circumstances are against you, they went into Baltimore yesterday. They were underdogs and they were absolutely fantastic. So to, for me, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get their third Super Bowl ring. He's the first player to play in four Super Bowls before he reached the age of 30. He is setting all kinds of records. Go enjoy yourself, fella, because I can, you're just, you can't wait to get up the steps of that plane. I'm I'm absolutely delighted. I, I I'm so excited. I, I, I'm glad it comes across because that is how I'm feeling. Take care, fella. Have a good time. Thanks, BJ. Cheers. Oh, listen, bring us back a bring us back a mug, will you, Colum? <laughs> oh, that's great. Or a hat? I'll, yeah, thank you, thank you, Colum. Um, I did love when someone is so enthusiastic about the sport they they follow. It's great. Yeah, the Six Nations. I'm coming to the end of two episodes left, or is it three episodes left of First Contact, that Netflix documentary, which is brilliant. The camera work on it is fantastic, and then the. The matches, France and Ireland, 8 o'clock tomorrow, Eng- Italy, England, quarter past two Saturday, and Wales and Scotland, quarter past five, or quarter to five Saturday. That'll be a cracker, Wales and Scotland, and I'm just too nervous to even contemplate what's going to happen between Ireland and France. They're still fighting with me on spring. Lads, I know that's the fun of it all. That's the fun of it all. Tradition is around longer than science. What? Okay, just admit defeat, PJ, and happy spring. Happy spring, or happy March when it comes. Happy spring. PJ went to Cree Street, boy. We were taught by Brother Coleman that spring was February. Love your show, says Pat. I went to, I went to Cree Street, too. Ah, he was wrong. <laughs> well, folklore. And on the bottle tax, one last thought. Has anybody stopped and thought about this? You don't have to buy these drinks that are all full of sugar. Should we know that? But without a bit of fun, should we hardly have a programme? Isn't that right? That's it. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of your podcasts will be up shortly. I'm not here tomorrow. Be nice to Gareth O'Callaghan, as he minds the shop. Enjoy the St. Bridget's weekend. St. Bridget of the Bottle Tax gives us our first 
bank holiday weekend of the year. And I'll talk to you Tuesday just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnitorecentre.ie Corks 96 FM Feels so Gary O'Callaghan brings you the best music mix on Oldies and Irish. Every Sunday from midday on Cork's 96FM. Welcome along to the programme. Great to have your company on a Sunday. As I say, it's a privilege. Hopefully you can join me. Tune it up and take it easy with a big show on your radio. It's the perfect Sunday soundtrack. In Irish with Gary O'Callaghan. Every Sunday from midday to 2 p.m. on Cork's 96 FM.